really quite beautiful in a wild kind of way. I can almost smell the lions. Don't be silly. They're made in Detroit. <laughs> yes, they're Android. They're all programmed. That's right. The whole game's Welcome back to another beautiful dystopian You month. can sit down, by the way, as you're standing for the corporate anthem. Oh, yes, of course. Please. Take your seats. Please take your seats. Great pick for that. Oh, my God. It's in the movie. It's a great corporate anthem. It's very interesting Not how they chose... Not enough corporate anthems out there. There really isn't. It's interesting how they chose all their music in this movie, though, because they wanted it to feel timeless. That was yeah, the it only had the family it, opera music. I don't know yeah. what the real name of that music is, but everybody knows it. Yeah, yeah, it's something Takata and Fugue. Sure, Fugate. I think it's what it was. That one is what it's called. Sure. Uh, inspired by a storm, a perfect storm. The storm is coming. QAnon. Uh, Murray, we're going I thought back. That was the Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, that's Game of Thrones, isn't it? Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Storm is coming. By the way, Q. I watched uh, the first episode of the. Prequel? Uh, too many weird names I gotta oh, remember. The House of Targaryen thing. House of, House, House of Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't blowing your mind? No, it didn't do anything for me. You uh let me on to show that was blowing my mind. What? Primal. Love Primal. Let's I watched, watched it this morning. Watched the first three episodes. I mean, uh, this is a, I don't know you probably know se- this. Season two is playing right now, by the way, for you people out there. Okay. Um Done by the same guy who was like a producer of Two Stupid Dogs, co-creator of like Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, yeah. uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, uh, the Samurai Jack reboot, and now Primal. Yeah, and he still he hits that feel of just like violence, uh, a lot of face acting, eye acting. Yeah, there's no dialogue because he's a caveman. Right, fucking good. His thick ass ankles bother me. (laughs) Everybody's got big cankles in this show. Yeah, but he's doing the Magnolia thing where they just don't feel like taking the time to draw. Right. It's very yeah. It's very primitive. Yeah. Very good show. It's funny because it's very much a fantasy. It's not based. Well, obviously, it's not based in reality because humans and dinosaurs didn't coexist. But it gets even crazier in the second season. It's, okay. It, it's, it's not, I think what it is is Tartakovsky, I think that's the guy's name. Yes. He's trying to do Conan without paying for the rights to Conan because basically Spear, which is the gay man's name, mm-hmm. he becomes Conan. Like, okay. He can't talk, but he's got, he gets a sword like in, the, in the second season because it's just crazy shit. Like, there's crazy monsters that never existed. Yeah. Got, and then you got Vikings, which Vikings were around a thousand years ago, okay? They're, they're nowhere near cavemen. You've got Egyptian people that were like a thousand years before Vikings. You've got the Persian army now in the latest episode. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's just very much just throwing shit at the wall. That's just cool. That's fucking cool. Right. I mean, I've liked... I've watched three episodes, and there's just barely connection between the yeah, episodes. Yeah, the first season is one and done episodes. Okay, and the, and second, the second one, there's more of a linear plot. Okay, going on. yeah, that's that's still okay. I just I really appreciate one and done type episodes, and yeah. I guess that's a good way to get introduced to the character in a world and whatever. But all right, all right. I'll, I'll... Well, also, I think it was like. If you're going to get possibly canceled, you don't want to leave it on a cliffhanger. True. So. Exactly. That's kind of where I was thinking. Like, I wonder if they're just kind of doing these things to demonstrate, like, the world and everything yeah, so they don't have to try to come up with a story just to get canceled. Right. Okay. Uh, before we start talking actual movie here, we do have to, uh, you know, just put everybody on high alert that 
we have not heard from Lycanthropus Chris in a while, and we did hear about a flooding in his area of uh, Texas, and we do know that he is a mytholo- uh, cryptozoologist hunter. Wait, cryptozoologist and monster hunter. Yes, of course. And so, lycanthropist every- is his specialty. Lycanthropy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, we're all studied very well on our Zargathas, and we know they love. Well, you still don't know the name right, but yeah. What is it? It's Zargtha. Zargtha. Yeah. Yeah, just a hard tha, yeah. like a caveman would say. Yeah, you don't. You don't need that middle. Syllable. I like the middle A. That's my yeah. own. Uh, that's my tomato tomato. Zargatha, Zargtha. <laughs> <laughs> you say Zargtha, I say Zargatha. So we just want to put everybody on alert. Keep your eyes out because if you're in the Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area, it could be Zargatha's about. Zargatha's about. Yeah, they love water. They're they, very amphibious. People don't know it. Even werewolves can be amphibious. What'll be interesting? They have, they have webbed fingers. What'll be? Can't in- see because of the hair. <laughs> of course. What'll be uh. interesting is that we know Zargthas like dank alleys, like narrow. Yeah, they love moisture. And moisture. The thing about Texas, there's not a lot of alleys, so they must have evolved in some way. Yeah, there's not a lot of alleys. There. I did not know that. Yeah, I've been in the Fort Worth a lot. Not a lot of alleys. So it's going to be interesting. What to is see that Fort Worth then? If there's no alleys. <laughs> I did. Think about that one. Oh, so just. Stay frosty. We're praying out there. for you, Chris. Just, yeah, keep it warm. Keep it warm. <laughs> it is Texas. It's probably pretty warm. <laughs> okay. We're loved in Texas, and we love Texas back. That's Our right. buddy Paul London, Texas boy too. He is a Texas boy. That's right. All right, I'm ready for rollerball. Even though his name's London, yeah, it should true. be Paul Austin. But, there we go. But there's also already Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say. So, I, yeah. I think the WWE would be like, <laughs> yeah, no. He could have been his little brother. Oh, there we go. Yeah. With hair. Yes. Yeah. Well, right. You got to be the opposite. That's right. Smaller hair. This works. I think it works. Flippy, flippy, flop moves. <laughs> well, I want to talk about a movie that does not have any flippy, flop moves whatsoever. No, they stay grounded because they're on roller skates. They stay very grounded. This is a beautiful movie. Of course, we all remember. Murray, you remember because... Two, yeah, three late. times in your lifetime, roller derby has been one of the hottest things for <laughs> eight months. Yeah. I was talking about it. I was like, I still don't know what the poor purpose of roller derby is. I was like, I think they were seeking to make this with this movie roller derby interesting because I'll, to me, it's just a bunch of butch lesbians going in a circle. I don't. I mean, I'm glad the butch lesbians have a sport of their own, a league of their own, if you will. Oh, but I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. I just don't want to watch it. I, they I, tried in the late '80s bring it back, and I was like, "I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look." You know, yeah. I was still into like pro wrestling at the time, and it was kind of a lap over. There's just fighting and bow, live entertainment. Yeah, and I was just like, mm, yeah, "I'm out." I mean, well, you gotta understand too. I I come from that era like it's roller skating for girls. Like guys didn't roller skate, so okay. I was just like, "Nah, yeah." So kind of but now I'm glad I we did learn something because remember the last time we saw James Kahn on this show was the Playboy roller di- roller disc special, and he was he was roller boogieing pretty good. And now we, he learned it from this movie. Holy shit! That has to be it. Yeah, I didn't Go realize- check out that roller boogie episode. It's on YouTube and on our SoundCloud. That's right. I didn't realize that, uh, yeah, he was in that because he's just so quiet. He's a mousy man, which we'll get into. We'll we'll get get into. into It's going to be the meat of this segment is talking about James Conn. But anyways. We got conned. I got conned. Uh, 
you know, we're going back. Like I said, four years. We're 2018. We're doing another beautiful dystopian movie. Yeah, the movie. far off future of 2018. Uh, again, we're hitting that sweet Griff wheelhouse where it's like you don't try to make this its own weird, unique world. You make it something relatable. You well, make you, it. You did have that bizarre, like European architecture in it. Well, yeah. it was done in Europe. Yeah, Germany to be exact. Munich to be exact. Mm, we remember what happened in Munich. <laughs> Griff went there. Oh. I didn't see the BMW Museum. That's what this was, or yeah. the corporate headquarters and Both, yeah. the library or something, or yeah. museum. It was the museum. That's right. Yeah. So that that was an interesting building. They had a lot of weird buildings. Seventies like was a very odd. They were. I think it was the last time we actually hoped for a brighter future in the 70s. Think so? And then it all went to hell. All went to hell. You see where hoping got you. Yeah. You guys should have prayed a little harder. Put more thought into it. But anyways, Murray, what I would like, you know, I grew up, Red Wings were at their pinnacle, just like you grew up, Pistons right. at their pinnacle. So right. you're a basketball fan. I, I kind of fell off the hockey wagon. I'm coming back because the Red Wings have been dead forever. But... This is this reminded me seeing all the rollerball players reminded me of looking at like Mickey Redmond in the seventies and sixties and shit and how oh. gnarly he was and just everything about that era and like what's that hockey movie uh, Slapshot Slapshot yeah. so it's they fucking hit that appeal with this movie like all the athletes yeah when look you think like about that. it not a lot of muscle on any athletes in the seventies nope I mean, definitely not basketball they were just skinny guys nope. Uh, even like Muhammad Ali didn't really have a great physique. He I didn't. Mean, no, I mean he wasn't fat or anything, but he wasn't like Mike Tyson. Yeah, like nowadays the boxers are fucking just like uh. going nuts with their muss. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's why peck jelly was so important in the seventies to mask that those weak chests that <laughs> men had. <sighs> muskies move out of the way. Wait, muskies? Is that is that the job of wrestlers' names? Muskies? We got to see them win that their one tag team. Oh, match. Mulkies. The Mulkies. <laughs> Everybody had jobber bodies. That's a great that's, analogy. That's bro. what I was trying to do yeah. there, and I swung in a miss. <laughs> yeah. So enhancement talent. <laughs> but I loved it because again, the violence is just ramped up. Like ho- yeah, hockey. Two thousand eighteen be- was a very violent year. We I grew up thinking hockey's like the most violent sport ever because I saw the older footage and it was more violent. And Basketball was violent. That's why the bad boys they would fights all the time. Exactly. Like, they just let them let them fight. Let them fight. Is that your guys' cheer? It wasn't kill John E. Kill John E. <laughs> kill Larry. Kill Larry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Larry Bird is still alive and well. They're, they're, Murray's wishes have not come true yet. Is that something? Are you going to go pee on his grave? Probably the last thing I do before I die. The last thing you do? Okay. That's on my bucket list. All right. All right. Are we going to get into the performance of, of we'll James We'll get Conn? there. We'll okay. get there. Okay. I got a lot to say about that. I, I know might, you This do. is going to be a half-hour opener. Sorry. I, I wanted to bring up that I, – I thought this was the third movie. You reminded me. No, this is only the second movie we've done where women are used as furniture. Yeah. So that I thought that was kind of weird because the rich, Now women want to be furniture. That's the crazy thing about the modern era. Kardashians. Exactly. Exactly. You should just hang around the house and get injections into your ass. That's – Yeah, there's nothing more hot than a butt injection. Ugh. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that. Um, you know, the first time I watched this, I felt it was a very slow burn. Yeah, very. 
I was kind of like, what are you? You have some of the greatest action sequences I've ever seen. Really? I really like the rollerball match. More than Fury Road? Yes, more than Fury Road, even. Because there was no CGI. That's the greatest action movie ever made. Yeah, that's right. That's what they tell me. I, I fucking love the rollerball matches. And I feel like this movie, which clocks in at like two hours and a, a two minute five. or two. It could have been better served. I guess maybe nowadays the director's cut would have been this version. And there would have been a condensed version because James Caan, I'm sorry, Murray, we'll get to it in a minute. I'm just going to gloss over this. I got two issues with James Caan, but yeah. He does not carry the water very well in this movie. No, no, no. So the parts in between the rollerball are very boring. Yeah. And I wanted to get into this world, and I think they could have done a better job teasing it if they just condensed the you know the force is trying to push him out yeah. kind of aspect of it. I mean, the another thing that this has in common with Soylent Green is is that hey, rich people suck. Let's go out and kill some rich people, Griff. Eat the rich. Fuck rich people. They're they're, all, they're horrible. We're we're living our current cur- corporate nightmare where it's just like almost all the world is owned by several different groups. And, and we're supposed to like worship these people. Though. Yeah, they they have a corporate anthem as you heard at the beginning. Yeah. It's kind of weird that Devo recorded that song for them, but mm, they're against that kind of thing. But irony, irony, of course. Uh, what? What else? Uh, and then I started to kind of feel bad. My second viewing for um, John E. Jonathan E. As he's called, uh, because it's like he is the goober who at like 16 was like, I'm going to be the next rollerball champion. And he learned nothing about existing. He does have a little bit of fashion on him. Yeah. I, it was, that was very interesting because in my, of the time, because people don't do it now so much, but it seemed like, and probably it's because we just, it's the pre-internet days. Everybody dressed the same. Whatever the trend was, like you literally, I'm not kidding. Could not find non bell bottom jeans in the seventies. Yeah, like, you were stuck. You're wearing bell bottoms, and now with like people just wear like there's no like real fashion trends anymore. Right. You know, everyone just. I mean, shit. That's that's why it's funny how you can like I can look at this movie and go, it happened in the seventies. Yeah. Movies from the past twenty years, I have no. I mean, I could get you right down to the year in some places. Like right. Eighty five. That was when they ever was that. Now it's like, has there been any big fashion trends in the past twenty fucking years? It's like people look the same now than they did twenty years ago. I could, yeah, I could believe you. I could, I can see them more, but I think it's because of high school and being yeah. more like involved with way too many people and all that. We saw a fashion. Me and uh, Kayla were out last weekend, and she saw a fashion decision on an old older woman. And she's like, oh, I don't like that at all. Because she was dressed, she was like 50, advanced 50s, maybe early 60s. And she was dressed like a schoolgirl almost. But it was like that early 2000s schoolgirl. It was it was weird. And she was just like, I am. I'm just thinking about somebody we know. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so she was like, I am not a fan of that. And I was like, what uh, is it? What's that one item? It's like the hairband. The one item that pushed it over. I like a hairband. The girl with the hairband. Oh no, no! It was the whole ensemble with the hairband. Yeah. It wasn't okay. just the hairband. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's rough. I'm getting into that age where I got to start dressing like an old guy too. You know. You dress perfectly, Murray. You yeah. you remind me of Rollins. Timeless. At every age, <laughs> you just wear exactly what you want to wear. It's not out. It's not outburst. It's not like. It's perfect. Fashionably unfashionable. Exactly. You're, oh. you're perfect. You're yeah. doing great. Thank you. Um, but 
then because I was feeling real bad for our character Jonathan E. What do you do after you're a sports star? You know these guys probably didn't make all that much money. Corporate's mm-hmm. not gonna like a fucking goober. Right, they probably get paid the same because this right. this whole movie the, the, is about suppressing individuality. Right. So everybody yeah. has to get paid. the same. Very communistic. Right. Yeah. So he's given his blood, sweat, and tears for this sport, and he's probably making the same amount as ever. Well, because he loves the game. He does it for the love of the game. Right, just like that movie, for the love of the game, which I'm trying to convince Murray we should do, because that's the best John Costner movie ever made. John Costner? Kevin Costner. I'll check out a John Costner movie. <laughs> yeah. I've never even heard of this movie you're talking about, but let's get back to what you were saying. He cuts his hand with a saw. I like He that. plays for the Tigers, the only team oh, he ever Oh, I remember Ted Ra- uh, Not Ted Raimi. Uh, what's Sam Raimi. He See, directed that. I remember they no filmed shit. it. They filmed it in the Tiger Stadium. Yes, they did. Yeah. Uh, the only games he ever seems to win are against the Yankees. Only games big you team, need to win. Big team at the time, so yeah. it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so I felt bad for him because what does he do post career? Well, you got to think about that shit. Uh, well, and especially back in those days, because I'm just thinking like when I was watching basketball, a career, a good career. 10, 12 years. That was it. You're by thirty two. You were out. Now guys play till they're forty. Good guys. Know? I mean, come yeah. on. Well, yeah, and they make shitloads of money. They make. I mean, I was I was amazed when I heard uh, there was it's like about a month ago, Iserman signed a bunch of players. And I was like, holy fuck! Bench guys in basketball get paid more than these guys. Like, oh, I they was, do. I was just shocked at how low but, these guys get paid. It's still millions. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like two million. You got fuckers in like, and these are the stars of the NBA getting fifty million a year. Yeah. I mean, I mean basketball's got that smaller roster and everything, too, yeah. so you got to consider that. Right. Uh, one of the most interesting contracts just came up in baseball where a guy, rookie year, he got, like, a huge eight-year extension with all kinds of, like, uh, incremental, you know, you hit these benchmarks, right. you're going to get all the – so right now on paper, it's, like, $220 million for five years, let's say. I don't know how many years it was. But if he hits his benchmarks, it's going to be worth, like, $450 million. Over, like, five years, let's say. So crazy. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you keep being good, and you're just going to keep getting money. That's yeah. ki- that's kind of cool. Oh, well, yeah. It's insane. Like, the spirit of, hey, fucking be good at the sport you're fucking good at. I, and yeah, I you'll get a that. I'd give money. you incentives. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, here, Javi Baez, have a lot of money and not do anything. Right. Yeah, I, I got a hangnail. I got on the injured list. <laughs> Rollerball. Murray, I want you to take over. The time is now. Why? Why did James Conn phone this shit in? I don't know. I was very confused by his... Uh, I don't know if it's him or the director's acting decision. Because he invented... I think James Conn invented ASMR in this, this movie. Because he whispers all his lines. I, I'm not even fucking joking. I had my volume blasted on yeah. my TV. And I still only picked up half of what he said. Yes. Close captioning. And all the here's way. the thing: when it first started, I was into it because I was like, "Oh, I get it." What he's trying, what he's trying to show is, is that he is like, like a whip dog. Like he for yeah. the corporation, he does whatever they tell him to do. He yeah. doesn't question. This is why my second viewing, I was like, "This is why he's such a whimpering little asshole." This is why he's Jungle Boy and he's afraid of the microphone. It's because right. he doesn't know anything but sport ball. Right. And so I was waiting for him to finally say, fuck you, and just burst out. Yes. It never happens. Never. He's the, he's Peyton Manning the entire fucking game. I was going to – that's so funny you he's said that. He's stale Wonder Bread slathered with Miracle Whip. 
Fucking Moon Pie is the guy I would think would be dangerous because he has a personality. Right. It's like he's Tom Brady, Moon Pie's Gronk. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. Okay, okay. Yeah. I hate the fuck that you, uh, that you call them Peyton Manning, though. Because <laughs> Peyton has some uh, personality Does to him. Does he? Yes. I I've seen him seen on a yet. bunch of shit. Some of his SNL skits are some of the actual good skits. Man, he still talks to anybody else. He does He's good. No, now, little good. brother Manning. Eli? Eli, I'm willing to go with. Or the third Manning kid who they've started to push on shit now. He's even worse. Yeah, because he, he sucks. So that was actually one of the questions I forgot to write down on my notepad. Which Manning is... <laughs> I'll go with Eli. Uh, but, yeah, so the whole thing is he has no charisma at all. I don't know why anyone would get... I mean... He's good at his job. I get even when the final fucking match where I'm thinking he's finally going to give a big, big middle finger to the whole corporation. Right. He nonchalantly kills a guy like it's, it's like it's his whole performance is so subdued and subtle. It was fucking irritating. Yeah. Because he never gets angry. He can, He's supposed to be like pissed off because he's supposed to be about fighting for the individuality. That's the whole point is like they want to suppress him because he's so dangerous. I'm like, how? Yeah. Why? Why would people like he has no person like Moon Pie? I could get because he has a personality. Exactly, I can see people going, "Fuck, I like that guy." Him, he just—he's fucking Johnny Unitas. He's not Joe Namath. I, he's just fucking like he does his job and goes home. Right. Exactly. Like I don't get this at all. They're all like. Uh- so this was a point of the movie that I had to read to understand in the trivia, and Murray brought it up when he came over as well. But part of this world, the reason for the rollerball is that they're trying to suppress individuality. Yeah. They're trying to prove that it's futu- futile. No. Resistance so, is futile. Exactly. So the, the corporations are just trying to hunker that all down. Everybody has to contribute to the world. And they're trying to say that John E. is too individual. <laughs> right. He's too dangerous. The guy who lives alone on his ranch, like yeah. I guess that's an individual, but still, yeah. it's like he's not persuading anybody. He's not encouraging anybody. does any- what he's told. He comes in, he plays his sport, and he <laughs> goes back home and rides his horse right. and fucks his furniture. Yeah. That's it. That was your whole James Con. You made it sound like you were going to go nine I, minutes. No, I have Khan. one more thing. Okay. Is it possible to come off as a tough guy with a perm? No. Yeah, because I was watching that, looking at it. Because I just think about guys with perms. You know, and I think about guys like genuine, like tough guys, like wrestlers, like Harley Race and yes. Dr. D. David Schultz. Yes. I just imagine these guys sitting in a salon with curlers in their hair, <laughs> getting a tight perm, yeah, not yeah. even like a wavy, like it's like little tight <laughs> curls, and it just makes me laugh. It's like, like, yeah, perm, no, not yeah. a choice, Johnny. Um, shit. What was I going to say? But I, I think I lost it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing. The the, the performance that James Conn gave, and I've seen him in other... I mean, he was Sonny Corleone. He played it great. He was bombastic. So he can do it. It's not like he. It's not like James Conn's known for doing subdued performances. He chose to do it this way. Or the director. I don't know which. Yeah. So I was confused. I'm like, I don't... This He's is, a veteran actor. I imagine yeah. the two of them were like, yeah, this is good. I like this. I think yeah. the whole... It would have if it was in the beginning, and then we saw a progression where he really was, like, you know, fighting back. Yeah. I'm just so confused by the fact that he does everything so subtly, and I guess that's why, is he's the captain, he does things subtly, lets everybody else shine around him, even though he's the one only one scoring the points. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, true. 
it's so weird, and I, I I think they're off the mark on that one because, like we said, Moon Pie is the fucking dog. He's this guy reminded me of my uncle Randy. He had that perfect stash like a Randy had, and he had the hair Randy had in the seventies. This guy reminded me of, of my uncle, the one who fell out of uh, relations with uh, Pam Anderson after a while oh, because she just the, too much. Makeup people are still talking that. about that. Girl. Still talking yeah. about Uncle Randy. Uh, but yeah, Moon Pie is the threat. To the corporations. Yeah, I would. that's what I was thinking. We did see that there is little mint cases of drugs that <laughs> yeah, they're little all Mentos. taking. And <laughs> yeah. he's taking them, too. And I'm yeah. wondering if, like, as we know with uh, sports ball players these days. This this would be a great transitional moment where we're like, okay, he's subdued because he's taking these pills off him. So there's a scene where he just fucking throws the pills away. It's like, I don't want, like his girlfriend's like, just take a pill. And he's like, yeah. fuck pills. I don't want to do his that. His girlfriend stops taking the pills. Yeah. Where are you going? Indianapolis. <laughs> no one goes to Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, I have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Knievel does. <laughs> oh, that's right. And that's when he got on drugs. Remember <laughs> that little speech? <laughs> that's right. Indianapolis put you on, <laughs> you can, you can, Matt, you can tell us. Indianapolis makes you get on drugs. It makes you get on drugs. All right, Murray. Do we have any more about James Conner, or can we do it in the rest of the episode? Yeah, we got to get into this. We've already done a half-hour intro, like usual. Like usual. That's our new bag. So now we got the pregame show out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rollerball! serves us it has a definite social purpose nations are bankrupt gone no poverty no sickness man has accomplished what he'd always craved corporate society was an inevitable destiny for good luck a centuries old dream you better do as you're told jonathan that's all i have to say don't be here when i come back you won't be back, Johnny Paul. No player is greater than the game itself. It's not a game a man is supposed to grow strong in, Jonathan. The game was created to demonstrate the futility of individual actions. The game do its work. Back from that sweet hot trailer, and our arena is being prepared for battle. 
Yes, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I think an Olympic basketball arena. Yes, it was. And they got the uh, got it set up. We see the people prepping. We got the controller in the middle. Yeah, he got a nice, it's like volleyball guard. He's up on an elevated stand and he rotates right. around. There's like 20 and, cameras above him. Yeah. yeah. The review booth is right there. We got it all. Yeah. We got it all planned out. Audience starts filtering in. They're pumped. It's a big game between Houston and Madrid. Houston is our heroes team. Of course. And I then saw, we. I saw that there was mention of how many teams there were. Because they said, like, Pittsburgh's mentioned, Madrid's mentioned, Houston, of course, uh, Tokyo, Tokyo, New York. There was, other, there was one other one that was really weird. Oh, maybe we should actually explain the setup of this world. Okay, so corporations have taken over. And they're divided. This, this, this I believe, was in the story it was based on. Didn't, they didn't really explain this in the movie. But the explanation is... There's like seven corporations that run the world, and they're all in charge of certain necessities. There's like the uh, Houston's team is energy, so they're the, the energy corporations, what they're called. Very yeah. not, not not good, not sexy. No food corporation. So they like everything, you know, porn corporation, everything the necessities in yeah, life. Uh, Vi- uh, I think New York was violent corporation. Yeah, Viagra corporation. They got it all covered. Yeah. And so the whole premise is the suppressing individuality. So these games are kind of rigged in that everybody gets a chance to win. It's it's very it, I libertarians must love this movie because it's all about, you know, you know, being against this idea that everyone gets a uh, trophy, you know, cuz that's the corporation thing. Everyone wins, everyone gets their sign. Nobody gets in the spotlight. It's all team no individuals. Uh, I don't think libertarians <laughs> like that. No, they don't like that. That's because, the thing. They oh, would like. Yeah. They would. They would. John E. would be their hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because corporations have their hand. Because you made it sound like they they keep a good flow of uh, teams winning. Like it's never the same team winning over and over. No, is what there's you made no, it sound like. There's no dynasties. It is it, just they. Yeah. Just, every team gets a shot at winning, which, like, which a libertarian would hate because yeah. that's not. Exactly. Up by if there were eight teams, there's eight winners in those eight years. Like, yeah. there's no one team that repeats. Because it's just something. This rollerball is just basically a distraction from people, so they don't realize how shitty their lives are. Oh, is that a commentary on our sports today, Murray? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say internet would be that. No, well, internet certainly. You can create your own world in the internet. Internet allows you to do a lot of silly things. But we also see. Was this the first I conception of an owner's box, like suites? It might have been. Because we see the like the corporate corporate guys, they get their own box with the, the riffraff can't get near Wasn't them. Wasn't it kind of close to the ring, yeah, too? Yeah, it was right up on there. Yeah, because yeah, we're used to the owner's boxes being way the fuck back up there, like away from the people, and they have like their own spot kind of by the people. But it also, looked like a penalty box. Basically. Yeah, it was secluded where it had the bulletproof glass because, of course— who wouldn't take a shot at the executives? And we see these fans are rowdy later. Well, yeah, they're bloodthirsty. They're bloodthirsty as fuck. Yeah, we never get a look at... Well, I guess they explain that, like, people are content. They're fat and happy. There's no poverty now. Yeah. And that's because of the greatness of corporations, which we know is true. Elon Musk tells us this. Right, of Just course. let the corporations take over, and there'll be no problems. Please. Let one person decide. Don't voting. Get rid of that. Yeah. We got seven corporations deciding our day and our nights. Like Charles in charge, except it's, you know, corporations in charge right. of our days and our nights. Yeah. And it, look at this world. It's perfect. 
Yeah. We finally got football looking like football again. You can tackle the quarterback and break his spine in right. half. Right. We without... don't have – we just have the fucking flimsy face guard that, like, only kickers wear now. That's right. People can get kicked in the face, like, the you, old days. You know, they look like uh, – what's his name? It's a riot guard helmet. Uh, Yeah. Detective Thorne? Detective Thorne's the riot guard helmet from last week. So the recent champs are Houston, our, our team. That's the team we root for. That's right. Orange and brown. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, was it orange and brown? I thought it was orange and black. Was it orange and brown? I think it was brown. Oh. oh. Those, that was, I'm just saying because that was orange and black was uh, my high school rival's color, Pontiac Central. We didn't oh, like, fuck we didn't them. Like them. What was your colors? Red and white. Red Pontiac and white. Northern. Yeah. We had the Huskies was our team. They were the Chiefs. <laughs> my junior high and high school were both the Panthers. One was blue and white. One was yellow and gold. Yellow and gold. Blue and gold. (laughs) Sorry. So, yeah, they enter, and Jonathan E. Not so cool, he doesn't even need a last name, just an initial. And he comes out, and they do the, like, lap. They're checking out the field, the course, whatever you want to call it, track. Right, it's just like ice hockey. you got to feel off the rink, make sure there's no lumps or anything. It's their home court. No dead spots. Yeah, exactly. And there's Jonathan, Jonathan. People are losing their fucking mind. Madrid enters. You know, the Madrid fans are there, too. They section off the fans, so it's half Madrid, half. But they're all sitting you know what? each other. Not, I, we were just talking about mascots. Horrible names, though. It's just the Houston team. It's like it's yeah. it's like the Washington Football Club. Yeah, I like that name, though. Maybe they should turn in like a rollerball type thing. I think they should. Cause, yeah, cause I was getting real Bengals vibe off of their gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be black. Yeah. It was hard to tell because of the lighting. Yeah. And, well, brown was a hot color in the 70s. So he well, might be right. Well, that's exactly what the director was going for. He wanted oh. to make it feel very welcome to the 70s. So, every everyone quiets down. we got to stand for the corporate anthem. we got to pay your pledge allegiance. And then we, we get a little primer on what rollerball is the point of it. So there is a a ball, a little me- um, about the size of your fist, a metal ball. Yes, you get shot out of a tube like pinball, like roulette, or it like kind of goes around you know the what? thing. It and does a- hit the edge, so I guess it is more like roulette. Because there's like, yeah, there's like a little like uh, launcher trough kind of that yeah. it's in. Yeah, and then it, it goes out on the field, and then whoever gets it first, there's like a, a hole we got to score on. Which I couldn't figure out how the opening thing. It sounded like they said. Houston will be opening on offense, and they shot the ball to Houston. But that didn't make any sense because later on, other teams... There's a lot of shit that makes no sense that we'll get into. It's hard to keep... Especially the last game. Oh, my God. It's hard to keep track. But, yeah, so, yeah, the goal is you got to... I mean, it's like, I guess it's like roller derby. You got to get around the defenders and score a goal. But instead of, like, in roller derby, you have a person that flings you. You have motorcycles that sling you. Oh, man. When I first saw like the motorcycles coming out, I was like, "What the fuck am I about to watch?" And the shit they do. Supposedly, this is the first movie they accredited, like gave credit to stuntmen for because of how great of a job they did. Now, your part of the regulation uniform are spiked gloves. Yes. What is a penalty in rollerball? 
Because there are penalties. There are. In this, in this match, there's penalties. You can, see, obviously, if you're giving spike gloves, you can punch people in the face with your spike glove. Or can you? Maybe there's only certain body parts you can hit. They're suggesting that, yes, you can go ahead and punch anybody. Uh, we don't see a penalty. I mean, you can kill people later on. Yeah, we see a penalty in this match where Moon Pie comes down from the high. Because this is like uh, kind of like the world. Instead of being a uh, oval shape, like a track shape, it is more of a circle. It, did, it looks it didn't like look very old. It looks like the kind of track indoor bike racing does. Yeah, because it's got because it's like like a racetrack. It's at an angle. It's got that big angle to yeah. it, and that's the important thing here. And there's a rail up at the top of it, and then like hockey, uh, like ice rink boards at the top of that for the fans, you know, so you're not plunging into them. And we do see Moon Pie launch off that and kick somebody, and he gets a penalty for that. But it, yeah. that's like their whole plan. So yeah. he's Bill Lambeer, essentially. He's like, yeah, yes. I'll get the penalty, but <laughs> their biker's gone. Right, yeah. It's it's good strategy. So, yeah, ball gets flung in, and then, like, there is no net or anything in Roller, uh, yeah. roller Derby, but in Roller Ball, there is this weird little circle magnet thing that you have to chuck the ball into. Right, and your opponents can just mill all around it. They can basically goaltend. It sound, yeah, they can goaltend, and it sounds like the uh, offensive team loses their ball if the ball carrier gets tackled. Yeah, then they shoot out another. And also, it's very important. You must the ball must be visible at all times. Yes. you can't hide it. You know, or like hold it like a football, like against your chest or anything. You have to hold it up; people can see yeah. the ball. So you see a lot of shots of just a close up on the guy holding the ball out because that is very much a rule. So, like you said, Johnny's the only guy in Houston who ever scores in this entire movie. And I guess that's why he's the greatest. Yeah, and he he goes for it, but he misses his first try. So yeah. the second ball is fired. When you miss, they just launch out another ball. And a uh, Houston biker goes down. I think you said Moon Pie takes him out. No, that's uh, Houston, so he wouldn't be taken out. Oh, his own right. Biker. I was just got confused. <laughs> no, yeah. you're just reading through it. Yeah. Um, it it's tough because how do we explain this action? There's so much happening. We, well, we're the here. worst at explaining action. That's, exactly. That's, you know, we're the yeah the greatest action movie podcast that can't explain action. Right. So Houston Unless does it's sex. We can explain that. Yeah, we can explain Sweden's that. Sk- scale. <laughs> well, we did have to fly Sweden in to help yeah. us. Yeah. Anyways, so, you know, the second ball goes out there. They end up losing a bike, or they end up losing this ball as well. And you're like, how, this is a really hard game to score in. I think yeah. that's the point they're trying to make. Is like right. John is it like, It's like cocky, right? Three periods? Murray, they make it up. <laughs> and the rules change. They're 20-minute periods. I know that. Yes. And Which I, is hockey, right? Isn't it yes. 20? Okay. Yep. 20-minute, three, uh, three periods. I'm going to say three, minutes. yeah. So... It could be. I love the old, like, even though it's futuristic, they got the shitty old scoreboard that I remember. That was when I was my the Piston days. It was a shitty like that. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know, you got you to gotta make it look real enough to people, like, relate to it more to realize, like, oh, shit, this is a terrible world. And it's almost like my world. How does that happen? Anyways, uh, I don't believe they score on the second ball, but then the third ball goes out. And this is where we get to see Moon Pie really cream pie yeah. somebody. Yeah. He's a goon. He's Bob Robert. He's uh, Darren McCarty. There you go. And he does his job well because that's his job. He's Gronk. He's got to protect his man, uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. And and he does. And Johnny dunks it. His tongue hanging out. He's flanked out airtime. This Good look, chunk. This thing looks dangerous. And Johnny does just launch his hand into it. Yeah. I wouldn't put my hand into that. But as you said, second period just begins. Like, what the fuck? 
I don't even think the first period ended, but second period's beginning, and uh, Madrid gets the ball this time. All right, so I, the guy's name is Bodius, I guess? Yeah. He gets a clear shot, but he misses. He tanks it. It's a rim rattler. <laughs> His buddy Dirty Sanchez gets the next ball and tosses it in the net to tie it. Boom. There's no Boom. net, but yeah. you know what we mean. Swish. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> now, much like rollerball, the benches are in the middle, or roller derby, I should say. The benches yeah. are in the middle of the arena. And there is still some kind of like rhythm to this game at this point. And so you see that like in the periods, uh, intermissions, uh, doctors actually go out and carry players off that are hurt. Yeah. Uh, which comes into play later, so you do you have to notice that. I wonder if because you never really explain it. If you're if you lose a motorcycle, can you get another one, or that's it? You can't use. There is one. bench people, so I guess so, but you never really get to see it play out. Okay. So John's taking a breather on the bench, and while he's doing that, Moon Pies is having a great old time kicking the shit out of people. This and- is where we get to see him launch off that rail and take out the other team's biker. And this is where we get to see that there is penalties in this game. Like, you apparently can't fucking just drop kick somebody off their motorcycle. So For this game, yeah. Yeah, for this game, yeah. Uh, so we get three minutes. Johnny goes back out, got that breather, slipped a couple Gatorade down, ready oh, to course. go. Get those electrolytes back in those you. Electrolytes are fucking blasting. You think it would almost course through his veins enough where he would uh, enunciate some words or something, but no. no, no you no. don't get any emotion out of Johnny. All you get is another score. He immediately yeah. scores. So the his scoring does the talking. He's like the Calvin Johnson. He just runs the ball in, hands the ball to yeah. the, Barry to the official, Barry Sanders yeah. as well, and then walks back t- to enjoy his Gatorade. Yeah. I mean, I think that's cool. That's a baller thing to do, but not for this movie. Like, I prefer guys who are just clunk, I can do this anytime I want. That right. to me is more baller than like talking shit. Hundred percent. But for the purposes of this movie, it doesn't work. Right for a movie, it doesn't work. No. For real life, favorite yeah. players of all time are the ones who just hand the ball back and say, "All right, guys, I'll see you in the next drive when I kick your ass again." Speaking of balls, he gets the ball again, and what do you know, Griffey scores one more time. It's an easy three-one victory for Houston. Ooh, and you know how I celebrate, Murray. Take off my clothes, I lather up, and get in that fucking 94-man shower. You and all the whole team of Houston. That's right. And we see uh, uh, Johnny and We see butts. We see a lot of butts. We see butts. Black and butts. Very diverse butts. Yeah. Uh, And we get a little kind of racist humor from Moon Pie. He's like, oh, man, we're going to go to Tokyo. They're all like three feet tall. (laughs) Hey. pygmy orientals creep me out. And then Johnny's like, hey, we're going to do it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go towel off. A little too much emotion. Hey, don't worry. Yeah, it was a little loud, sorry. Yeah, it was. But we we can't. These mics can only pick up so much. These are not ASMR mics. Right. And so, yeah, they're in the semifinals now. Next game, Tokyo. So Bartholomew. He's Mr. Bartholomew. Excuse me? Mr. Bartholomew. <laughs> oh, my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my James Conn. Okay. Well, the owner, the the Mark Cuban, if you will, the uh, what's another obnoxious owner? Uh, uh, Jerry Jerry Jones. Jones. He, Jerry Jones. He's Jerry Jones. <laughs> this play, He's got one eyeball play, floating around. Speaking of eyeballs, his eyebrows give the most amazing performance in this movie. Yes, they They're do. Crazy fucking eyebrows. John, played by John Houseman, who only thing I know him from besides this is the Paper Chase, which starred a G and G favorite. 
Any guesses? Steve James. No. <laughs> Robert Ginty. Oh, God. you said favorite. I was, I was being, I was being be sarcastic. So he comes out to wish the boys well, tell them they did a great job. He's noticing asses. He's noticing dongs. Sir, you're hanging to the right today. It's looking good. Moon Pie's just laid out. Because Moon Pie, when he's not in his uniform, he's just got a towel covering yeah. his back. And there's always somebody massaging <laughs> yes, him. Yes, there's always someone massaging him. Always. Like, he would have been great for the, uh, what's the Doom Race movie we watched with uh, the Kung Pao guy? Kung Fu guy? Dune race? Doom race. Doom race. Oh, wait. Kung. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the guy from Kung, the Kung Fu TV show. Oh, uh, Death Race. 2000. Death Race. 2000. Yeah. yeah. Just like he would have been perfect in that scene, like doing oh. the lineup, talking shit with everybody while his girl like. Yeah. You did good. a good job, boys. Jonathan. Are you ready for your 30 for 30? Because he's getting this nice special. It's coming out. All right. The whole fucking crowd just like, what? Fuck yeah, Johnny. Everyone's, he's, he, he takes, I guess, uh, we call him Barth. He grabs a little of that fruit punch. Uh, Gatorade takes a sip. And like, Monpu is like, fuck that shit. Get me some of that fucking mimosas. <laughs> Moonpie loves his mimosas. Of course he does. And he's like, oh, you want the strong stuff? And he opens up his little pill box. The Altoids the boxes they have. Oh, yeah, the Altoids. And he takes one, and it becomes a theme of this movie. Don't just take drugs from anybody. But we're in well, such you, a level you world. You can take drugs from your, your imperial owner. He's like, he's your best interest at heart. Imperial owner. And he's like, and then he's like, tries to like bro down with him. He's like, you know, boys. You you dream of being where I'm at with the suits. The executive level. But what you don't know is we all dream of being like you, roller boys. And he does have his executive bros in there, and they all have thin hair. They can barely grow a mustache, while yeah. our boys have fucking thick, beautiful. Like, Larry Bird was one of the executives. Yeah. Just looking like a rat, ginty fuck. Yeah. And, and then you have our boys, just beautiful men. Like, where... They could have just gave a mustache roll for Steve James. Just a guy in the background with a mustache. See Steve James in there? What was Steve James? Fred Williamson. He could have been there. Fred could have been in there. What would his job? Would he have been a biker? Would he have been the guy with the glove who catches the ball? See, James would have been like Moon Pie. They would have been like the Rick Mahorn and Bill Lambeer. If they had a storyline where when they play New York, Steve James is the opposing Moon Pie, that would have been fucking good. That's what the remake should have been. No, it should have been LL Cool J and... Some guy from American Pie. Oh, you know, that does sound like a better movie. No, it doesn't. So he's just like buttering up these goofball jocks and they're eating it out of his hand and he takes off. Right. Speaking of taking off, Moon Pie and Jonathan e are going to hit the night. Jonathan e drinking a glass of milk. He's just so bland. <laughs> He must go through cowboy hats like a motherfucker because he's constantly handing people cowboy hats. Yeah, that's yeah. like his thing. Oh, just when they're leaving the locker yeah. room. Yeah, he does it multiple times though in this movie. Yeah, he's just like, take this. So Bartholomew tells Jonathan he needs to meet him at his office the next day. Right. And our boys, you know, they have to get their applause from the audience because right. these fans wait. Right. In the stadium for hours. Because Moon Pie doesn't get a five-minute massage; he gets a forty-five-hour massage. So not only is a Jonathan E. bland, his his 
fashion is bland. I he liked just, it. He just wears like off white, like 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 a little like bowler. Like it's like a bullfighter jacket. It's like yeah. cut really high. It is a really high. It's right to the belt. I think the bowl cutters are a little higher, like just oh. the, just right around the mid uh, rib cage. And the matching pants, you know, and, and, I, and some I, cowboy boots. I was kind of impressed by that because, like you said, like in the seventies, everybody dressed the same. He does stand out a little bit. That hat, I like that hat on him. Well, he didn't like it because he just handed it to a fan. Constantly handing it to fans. And then they jump on their chopper to take off to the next town. That's all right. Well, not quite. They go back home. Okay. But Johnny has to go. You know, he's got that big meeting with uh, Barty in the morning. Yeah, and they show up in his, his wind chime room. He's got this circular wind chime room, and there's just – you see Barth – He's playing peekaboo. Yeah, he's playing peekaboo. He's got his hands <laughs> steeped over his face, and he's like pushing into his. There's a jaw. lot of weird acting choices in this. A movie, lot of right? weird. Yeah, future. Yeah. If you're gonna be like, hey, future's weird. This is fine. I like yeah. this. It's practical. But when you're like, hey, this is the future, and you have like a giant four thousand foot hologram girl, like in that new Blade Runner movie, it's just like the greatest movie after Fury Road was Blade it, Runner. 2049? 5, 6, 22, Hut. Was it 2049? I don't remember. Or is that Rush 2049, the N64 game? I don't know, but he, yeah, he's in a room. It's a circular room surrounded by wind chimes. Very zen. And John E. walks up, and he's realizing he's disturbing him and everything, and so he bumps into the chimes and tries to stop them and ends up cutting himself because these are made from fresh glass or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, like that or metal or something. That's is this is Bartholomew the adult John Moxley? No. Oh God. And he goes, "Ow!" And then he walks up. You wanted to see me, Mister Bartholomew. I'm not even exaggerating. This is literally his performance. Yes, my boy. You know, I've been thinking. I think it's time you retire. You've been you've been the greatest player for ten years. It's a long career in rollerball. Yeah. I I I don't want to. Re- like he wants to, I mean, that was weird. Like in the middle of the season, they're in the playoffs. He's like, I want you to retire now. Yeah. At least, I mean, I can understand like after the, the playoffs. Right. They're about to go into the semis. Yeah. And then finals right after that. Yeah. Just go ahead and retire I, now. I, I don't, I don't think that's right. I, I, what about the guys? They, they need me. No, 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 boy. I want you to announce your retirement on your 30 for 30 tonight. And then you can go on and live the life you earned, my boy. <laughs> I don't like that. And then he's just ushered out. We get a little bit of exposition from Bartholomew oh, because, yeah. again, Khan can't act his way out of a bag in this movie. Well, again, we know he can act. So John E. is the, has to be the saddest little Maybe because he was coming off of uh, Godfather where he was so like out of control playing Sonny Corleone that he's like, I need to do something totally like 180. Oh, maybe. I don't know. We're fi- we found a lot of excuses for this lame, <laughs> limp dick character. Right. But we get a little bit more exposition on the world, how there's, you know, our seven executives and everything. Right. They're making all decisions. We do get to see the executives later in the movie. Yes. So that And they're a very diverse group. I want to put on that out. That's a good point. They were just old white guys. Do you want a video? Do you want a little gif of it zooming in to the affirmative? Uh, affirmative. Because I liked that. I really liked that. Corporations shot. make the world better, my boy. Why give people choices? Just think for them. Which is actually kind of true. People do want people to think for them. Oh, 100%. Beats by Dre, 100%. Worst audio equipment ever. 
You still and he's ha- a billionaire off that. Yeah, literally exactly. a billionaire. You still have to hear people say like, "Well, yeah, I'm going to buy the Beats by Dre." It's like you could do five minutes of research and learn why you shouldn't spend two hundred dollars on those. Yeah, but but Beats you by wear Dre. them around your neck. That was a thing for a while. I remember yeah. that. Like athletes would do that. Poverty is gone. It's th- we're living in a new age, and he's just like, but you guys. You even took my wife from me. I don't know what to believe in you anymore. See, that's how far they choose. Like they choose. It's like almost like an arranged marriage. Almost. He literally took his wife away because an executive wanted his wife. Right. And it reminded me of furniture and yeah. So there's a social hierarchy going on here. It isn't as equal as we seem to think. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you. And that's another thing. It's like you took my wife from me. Yeah, you think he'd be a little more passionate about that. Especially because he's obsessed with this woman. We learn later on. Right. We saw this again in Toilet Green where we had uh, Sensenheimer. What was our fucking executive's name there who got murdered? Do you remember? Uh, Yeah, I remember you fucked it up constantly. Simonson. Simonson. And he really liked uh, the lady he was living with. Yeah. And he wasn't like a creep on her or anything. Then she we came the with, cre- the, with the apartment. With the apartment, yeah, yeah. true. It was, a, it was a already furnished apartment. Right, but again, she was just going to get passed to the next guy yeah. if uh, he didn't take her. So we're kind of seeing that. This guy liked his lo- Chase Lounge, and he wanted it. And like you were saying, alluded to in the beginning, where does he go after this? He's only like 30 years old. He might not even be 30. Well, I mean, 70s. So he's probably 25. <laughs> that perm aged him like 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. He's probably 25 yeah, uh, and, and looks 35, 40. Yeah, and he's just like, where, where do I retire to? Your ranch, my boy, where you can ride your horses forever. Think about it. I'll give you your own mattingly. Ha, 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 ha. Laughter. So, like we said, Johnny, he's a superstar, so he gets choppered everywhere he goes. So he gets taken back to his big palatial ranch. He's greeted by his new squeeze, Mackie. Well, apparently she's been here six months. Yeah. So not quite they, new they, squeeze. They, I put they, new in there, and I they fucked pit, up. They pass him out. So you don't get too bored with him? Or... It just sounds like they keep... Cause when, fuck... It sounds like he's only green. You're stuck with your furniture. So I, we don't get that much information about Ella, his wife. Not at all. Because she was probably there up until six months ago. Maybe. And then uh, Mackie replaced her. Right. So maybe that's why there's a little bit more tension between them. Because she's like, Johnny. She thought she hit the fucking jackpot. She's like, I'm with Jonathan E. And the corporation's like, no, babe, your time's up. They sent a note, a letter to her saying that. Yeah. And she's like, I got this letter. John, what's going on? Because she wants to stay. She's grown. She loves living on this ranch. Right. Of course. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds bad. Uh. You knew something about this. You do not seem broken up about it. I'm a little bothered by that. Yeah, she's been doing her, her due diligence. She's been working this guy, you know, and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's I, just I, not into it. He's obsessed. He's in the fog of Ella. The fog of Ella. Think of where the relationships come from because we know, we learn that whenever John E. meets a new woman, he has to put the giant blue blockers well, on Well, you know, we, we, we learn that later. We don't know now. His, I know his this, ritual. But we got to do this for the audience because, you know... It needs to be I actually, out. I dug Mackie more than his wife. I would have kept Mackie myself. Mackie was uh, more attractive then. Who, she was Princess something from Buck Rogers. I remember oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Aldara, some shit like that. Did she ever meet the space vampires? No, she did not. Good for but her. She did have a bodyguard named Tiger Man and a black one named Panther Man. I like it. 
So yeah, he's just he doesn't give a shit. He's you know he's just, they, they swap him out every six months. So he doesn't care about Mac. He, uh yeah, uh, I'm really kind of hungry. Maybe I could cook some food. I hear Cletus in the other room, and I gotta yeah. go talk to him. He's hungry too. Right. So he meets his old. If you have a drip white character, what do you need? You need a wise old black man to spruce him up. Right. And this is where I meet Cletus. Bad name of a black guy, but Cletus. Yeah. But he's like his trainer, his personal trainer, and he's hitting the bag. Yep. And he's old and fuck, but he's like, I can still hit the bag. Right. He, tr- like, he tries to get Johnny involved. He's like, oh, no, don't. I just flew in. I am too tired. Jet lagged. I don't know. <laughs> he's pulling at his neck. Uh, let's go eat. Let's go eat. And we see they're just eating in front of the fireplace because that's what rich people do. <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, not even at la- – it's like a coffee table, and they're just eating at it. But it's a big coffee table. Uh, they finished up, so they're spreading the pills across, passing the little pillbox. <laughs> right, getting a little buzz, and then Cletus yeah. just starts thinking. Much like Saul from Soil and Green, Cletus is our our conduit to the past, where everything we had individuality. Yes, and he's just like shit, shit. I'm so fucking old. I remember we only had three countries. Yeah, four the corporations took over. It was this life was just so much better. National I mean, Football League, ice. Hockey? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, the fucking wrestling territories, it was amazing. Did you ever hear of the Boogie Woogie Man? Oh, my God. He was fucking was incredible. amazing. And now it's like, like, what the fuck? Indianapolis? Is that, is that a real city? Does that exist? Does it even what, exist? What goes on there? Do people live there? Do people want to live there? And then... Mackie gets up and starts walking away and... Uh, well, course. he also does mention important point. I remember the corporate wars. There was a war where all like Coca Cola went against Disney. When Didn't he, he remember before Rollerball even? Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, the time before Rollerball and then the corporation wars. Coca Cola. I lived during that. I, the Cola wars were fucking brutal, dude. Brutal. Nineteen eighty. I'm a veteran of the Cola wars. Yeah. What, what kind of territory were you like? Because I coke admit, guy. You, you see right here. I got a coke right here. You got a coke. But here's You're my question. Friend. I wasn't what you prefer. It's what you had to deal with. Was your territory run by Coke, or did Pepsi win over? Because I imagine during the the Cola Wars that you only got one Cola choice. It was the Pepsi Challenge they had. That was a very big thing. I don't buy it. I think it was rigged. Because how could you drink a Pepsi and go, that's better than a Coke? Because they, they had a thing where they had little, little Dixie cups. Yeah, was, I remember there, that. Oh, there was a whole ad campaign about this. I remember it vividly. And like people were like, I love Pepsi. He's like, I love Coke. This is this. You're drinking Pepsi, and they're like, "Oh, you got me." I remember this. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to. How do, do you remember that? It was in 1980 when this shit. They happened. did it again. They must oh, have done God. it again in the 90s because there's definitely. Yeah, but more. so like Cletus, you remember a better time when we could get our Coke and Coke. our Pepsi. Yeah. Now it's just it's just Pepsi. It's a and, horrible hell hellscape. And, and for the fucking freaks out there, your RC colas and your no, uh, that doesn't elicit. It, it's just Pepsi. Pepsi one. Oh, Pepsi! Won. They didn't win by being better tasting. They just won because they. In this future, won. it's just Pepsi. Yeah, it, I told it's dystopian. I don't 2018. want to eat Pepsi. Everybody remembers 2018 when you went to order a Coke and they said Pepsi. Yeah, milk and Pepsi is even worse. <laughs> That's right. A little Laverne and Shirley reference, right? Oh, okay. There. Joe Corey pop for that one. I gotcha. Uh, so yeah, they're just reminiscing. And Mackie just storms off. She's like, I'm going to Indianapolis. That's how she's just like, she's so distraught. She's like, I'm considering living in Indianapolis. Yeah. And so now the boys, the adults, 
the humans, not the furniture, are going to talk like men. Why do they want me to leave? So heated, so hot about this. Why do they want? I can't whisper. Even in the privacy of his own home, he doesn't get hot. I can't. I can't whisper because I don't want people to have to turn it up to hear it. But John is going on about what's going on with the game. Why do the rules keep changing? Why do they? What why is the Cletus's position? How does he get he's access an, to this? He's shit? an executive. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was just like a trainer for. No, I think he's. I think he's of the uh, executive tier. Okay. I think. But yeah, these so he's going to his friend who's got an inside track and he's asking him like they I feel like the executives are trying to push me out. They're trying to make me quit. They're giving me this 30 for 30. They they took Allo away. They're giving me Mackie. Now they're taking Mackie away. And Cletus is like, "I'll see what I could do." But he's like he's sweating. He's a little nervous. He's nervous and he takes a couple more pills, too. Right. Next morning we're at practice and everyone's just wrapped with attention. On Johnny, because he's explaining the rules, what they're going to do for the next match. Yeah. Except one motherfucker. Yeah. Guy named Tuffy. Tuffy. Perfect the, name. The least tough name. Tuffy. And he's a big goon. He's a new guy to the team. He thinks he's got it all figured out. He's like six foot 13. And he, and Moonpie's like, he's just hanging out there. He's like, hey, check out this Tuffy guy. Right. Look at the new hunk of meat. I guess he's got it all figured out. He doesn't need to listen to you, John. And John's like, yeah, why don't, you, why don't you try to take me out? Go a little spin and try to take me out. And John is cutting this beautiful prom. Hey, everybody, let me tell you. So he's telling them, like, everything, all five senses have to be perfectly active in a game of roller. Well, yes, and all the strategies. He's like, look. You could like clothesline a motherfucker on a bike, but you might break your arm. Yeah, do it like this, and you show him different techniques. Yep, yep. knocking up Bluey. People while he's are doing taking it. notes and oh, shit. Yeah. And Tuffy's just still going around the bed, slowly going around, and he's telling him, "You got to smell how much gas is in the engine of your enemy's bike. You have to hear, or you got to see how many people are in front of you, and do the math of how many people are behind you. You have to feel the floor and every divot and every bump, and you know if you could push somebody in more. And then you have to hear. And then he ducks down, and Tuffy flies right over him, right. or I think he gives him a little hit, up he and hits. over. Yeah, he flings him, and then they have a good old laugh. That night, Moonpie and John they're going to the old library. Quote, unquote, library. The corporate library. And we learned that the books that he wanted are banned. That's right. And he's wondering why. He's like, why? All I wanted was Huckleberry Finn. And this is where we get some sassy John. Because yeah. he's like, oh, you're telling me those books are banned? Yeah, that's right. It can't be true. But you're not a librarian. Yeah, I'm not a librarian. I'm a secretary. She's a clerk. A clerk. Damn it. And she's just like, well, you can get the edited versions. They're all transcribed to the supercomputer. Right. Uh, well, where are the supercomputer? Well, there's one in Washington, but then the real one is in Geneva. That's where all the books got sent to. Yeah, and then Moon Pies is like, only nerds read books. Why the fuck are we here? I thought we were going to get some pussy. What the fuck? 
I thought we were picking up some of these clerk bitches. Yeah, you know the chicks with the glasses and their hair up, and you take the glasses off and take it down. They're beautiful. Yeah, I saw I saw the old vintage pornography in the libraries with the books. and they're No, there's still, there's still woods porn, and even in the far-off future. I don't know how it happens, but there's just fucking porno max everywhere in the woods. <laughs> so that's how he saw it. There's no... So, that's the one bright spot <laughs> in this dystopian hell that woods porn does exist. This <laughs> Good. This okay. is the one connection. This has the Soylent Green. It's Soylent Green. They didn't print any books anymore. In 2018, they stopped printing the books. It was like maybe 2015, yeah. 2016. They stopped printing them. That's a common thread in like dystopian yeah, kind of future. It is. Burn the books. Isn't that Fahrenheit? Whatever. It's the thing. Fahrenheit the 451. The heat that paper burns. Out. Yes, it is. So John gets home, pops in the old tape of his. I liked how every single room he had had one giant every in every room in these in this future. This is the, the trend: one giant screen TV and three smaller ones on top. Yes, he had them in multiple rooms, and he had his his wife's fucking pictures playing constantly. Yes, uh, so it's just when he gets back home. Yeah, okay. Yes. So he opens up his fucking one cabinet, and it's just full of tapes, and you know they're all of his wife, and they're none of the fucking. Risque videos. They're all just her, like, enjoying a strawberry or something. I guess that could be risque to some people. Yeah, in the future, yeah. Well, and then there is the one where she's licking toes, so that was kind of risque, too. Yeah. But he pops it on, and apparently that feeds through the whole house. And, you know, you would say, like, oh, having a TV in your bedroom. You have a TV in your bedroom. Not that yeah. weird. Having a TV in your living room. Of course, everybody does. He's got a TV in his hallway. <laughs> yeah. He walks down a hallway, and the TV is there. Four. Yeah, of course. There's always, always got to be four. It's always one giant 32-inch <laughs> tube TV with three 8-inch TVs That was the one it. sci-fi thing, because those, those, those didn't exist in the What 70s. was even more interesting is the fact that the, it was not playing. The 24 this... inch is probably huge in 1975. Oh, enormous. Wow. Uh, the one interesting thing to me was... The video that you saw wasn't the same on all four. If you pay attention yeah. to it, yeah. So there's three different. Right, so, that's the whole point. Yeah. So according to, from one tape, he puts it in, and well, it's, it's the future, Griff. It's putting out four different it's videos. It's the future. That's cool. And then he senses something. There's someone here. I feel it. Where? Fucking ASMR is killing me. It's dog. it's well, yeah. It's the new furniture's arrived. Fucking, and it's Daphne. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not into anorexic blonde, so I was not feeling this chick at all. Yeah, she she kind of gave me a creep vibe too. But and he she creeped him out because he's like, I got to cover you up. Here's my whenever a new furniture comes into my house, you must wear the blue blockers. It's like a <laughs> ritual. So he puts these gigantic fucking blue shades on her, macho man size. <laughs> they are enormous. And she does go, oh yeah. She's a very mousy woman, and he pops these glasses on that go basically from forehead to bottom cheekbone. Covers half her face. Yeah, yeah, they were good. Next morning, teams together. They got. They heard that the, for the Tokyo game, they've changed the rules. No DQ. Limited sub rule. Griff, you know what this means. Lazy booking. This game is getting silly. We barely figured out the rules in the first game, and now we got right. new rules to figure out. And the coach is trying, because like, they're like, what the fuck? You know, Moonpie's loving. He's like, no rules. I love that. Yeah, exactly. That's his job. It's like, right. I get to fucking murder everybody. Awesome. And so the coach is like, I know, guys, but we're going to do it. We're the champs, man. We're going to do it. Don't worry. Do you know what winners do? They fucking win. Are we winners? 
Wow, that's great, man. I know. He's, this is like right out of that Friday Night Lights show. Everybody's yeah. always talking about the great promos <laughs> that guy gave. I just gave one of those promos. And then John comes in, Coach. <laughs> yeah, no, stop. I need to talk to you about something. Did like, a mouse just walk in here? So they walk off, and he's like, I hear they want me to retire. I'm not ready to retire. I'm 25. I know my perm makes me seem older. <laughs> I'm 25. A hard 25, but I'm 25. He's like, I don't know anything about it. I don't know. I, I'll look into it. So now John, he's got, he's going to check out his. Uh, they're going to show him this, his his new thirty for thirty. He's going to do a little narration on it. Right. He's in the studio. Tim and Daphne chilling. You know, who I thought this director was Paul Ooh. Williamson. Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Not his son, but Paul Williams. Yeah, Paul Williams. Yeah, there's this ominous. I thought it was a robot at first. Yeah, but no, it's, it, they show the ominous hands on the control panel. We never see this guy. Straight. We never see him for the rest of the movies. So I don't know why they're being so ominous about right. it. Right, straight out of the opening scene of Phantom of the Paradise. And they're just chilling. And Daphne's like, "Can you just finish this so we can go get high off these Altoids?" And John leans over. Damn it! Oh, you just want to get high. You see, it's it hurts to say anything in a normal tone because it takes so much away from John's delivery. Yeah. But they will not be able to hear you, <laughs> and you need to stop doing that. Um, so, so John's like, uh, "Babe, why don't you just go ahead and have one of these?" And she takes one. She's just fucking muzzling it down. And like ten minutes later, she comes back. She's like, "What did you give me? Super aphrodisiac? Come yeah, on, you fucking nerd!" Pinching her nipples. He's touching like everything nearby. He's super anxious in the chair. And the director's just being like, "I'm a super statistician. I right, know he's every a, he's a fantasy stat. rollerballer. Yeah, fantasy. So he knows all about the stats. He's a stat nerd." And he's rattling off the stats. He's like, you killed more people in a game than anyone. You got that record. Oh, yeah. You mastered the J shot, you know, that arcing shot you do over your head. You're the only person to land multiples of those. And while they're talking, there's a little, like, Star Trek computer screen, like a teleprompter. And John's reading. He's like, because it says John. So he's like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to say? And it's like, I proudly announced my retirement and all this shit. And he's like, I don't, I don't want to. Retire. I don't know if I can do that. And this is apparently John set this up because Daphne's like, John, I really need you to take me home. Still wearing those blue blocks. And then, yeah, and then his his spider sense starts tingling. He's like thinking, you're oh, working can... for these guys. Yeah. Why do you want? What do you give a shit? I just met you yesterday. What do you yeah, care? That's right. He gives her the third degree yeah. right here in the studio and starts right. asking her, Why did you show up at my house? Why did they kick Maggie out? Maggie out? Six months ago. That's not yeah. a lot of time. Usually these things are rubber. Yeah, we usually got a year lease on these furniture. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's good. Yeah. That's sad. And, <laughs> it's good and sad. And she's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm high. What do I don't know? And he's just but like, I am feeling very violently ill. And I, I and only... violently horny thanks to that pill you gave me. <laughs> so he grabs her. And, you know, you take it when you can get it. They rush off. <laughs> and then we see there's like a, a, a little room that... Barth was watching. Of course he was. All right. So uh, John E. manages to, you know, get out of that situation, and we cut to the next day, and we're in the training room again. For They the flew Houston. in a Japanese specialist. We know he's special because he's Japanese. Yes. And he's there to teach the techniques of the, of the, of the Tokyo opponents, getting them ready, because yeah. we know they use karate and hapkido. Uh, what do they make in Tokyo, though? Uh, transistor radios. There we go. Yeah, it's for Sony and all that shit. They make all the. That's know, Korea. Uh, 
Is it? Sony, I'm pretty sure it's Korea. Okay. Well. That oh, might be Samsung, oh, actually. Toshiba. Toshiba. There you go. Okay. And he's just like, these guys aren't he- listening to it. Like, fucking Moon Pie, he's a cut up. He's got to be like, I, re- I certainly thought he said this at first. Just hit him in the dangly, he said, thought he said. And I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's somebody, but he said the ganglion. Ganglion. Uh, so he's a little smarter than we think he is. Closed captioning again. Yeah. Save me there because I would have thought he said dangly bits. <laughs> yeah. I love this, though. I love the prints of like the red dead spots on the skaters and everything. He's like, here's the parts where they'll talk. He made this as visually easy for, for the fucking <laughs> right. stupid audience he had. And yet you have Moon Pie back there eating his namesake. Knows it better than anybody. Yeah. And he's just like... Houston don't lose to nobody. These guys are like three feet tall. We gotta fuck them up. We gotta break their necks. And we you gotta know, snap the, the, the other day he learned the, what a ganglion was. So he has to fucking just talk about it constantly. He's like, you oh. know, it's this nerve center right under your ear. You hit him in the jaw, they're out. That's ganglion, right. ganglion. And then they all, all of a sudden, everyone's like, ganglion, ganglion. And they start fucking uh, was attacking this guy whose job is just to teach them. Yes. The, the coach seems to be like, oh, shit, I brought this guy in to help him. But then again, he's seeing how much fucking fire, vit, and vigor that's in his team. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. And you think John is going to be the voice of reason here. I'm like, let's hear this guy out. I want to exactly win Exactly what I thought he was going to do. No. I want to win this game. John says, yeah, kill that guy. <laughs> yeah, he eggs him on. He's like, well, I like what you're saying. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, wait, man, it's the it's a day it's the day before the match. Got a party, dude. That's exactly what you. They do. didn't even fly to Tokyo yet. All right. So they're gonna party all night, fly to Tokyo, because they're in Houston. That's a good long flight. Yeah, pretty long. Yeah. But yeah, still let's party. So it's one of those decadent like rich people parties for it's like an eyes wide shut party. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. just bring in the fucking players for like eye candy and to drill all over. It's just these nasty women and these creepy guys. Cool and... shots of the party though to show you how f- highfalutin, how ridiculous they and are. You notice all the women were dressed the same. Yeah. It was, and they had the same hairstyles too that kind of pulled back. Yeah. Did you notice how they danced too? I did not notice that. So they were putting their fingers uh, points together and then touching their foreheads like some Mork and Mindy shit or something. Well, at least it's a futuristic kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it got it got a little different later after several drinks and everything, but that's how it started. That and they're all formal. whispering about the studs they're walking in. And oh they're yeah, just like oh, I heard that they're like clones of shit. And they're like, all these whispers. This is where you should be whispering, unlike Johnny. Yes. And then we get the fucking line that we opened up with because we're made from Detroit. We are literally made in Detroit. It's fun that she said, like, Lions, yeah. Detroit Lions, our, right. our football team here. Uh, but, yeah, of course, Cletus, uh, uh, Johnny has to walk in at some point, and Cletus is the one who... Everybody! Johnny! Mr. Jonathan E! And the fucking standing ovation. And then we see Mackie. She's got moved on to another exec. You know? Right. Well, she didn't move on. She was taken from him well, and yeah. given to a new yeah, executive. That's what I meant. And, they ask, and she's like, yeah, this guy's great. You know, he does this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, John's like, that sounds cool. He doesn't give a shit. He never cared about Mackie. Right. He's, he, oh, he's, he's obsessed. Got, he's in the fog of Ella. He's got to get away from there as quick as possible because he just he can't handle it. And he's just like, and she's about to, yeah, he's like, He's, he's puts a finger up to her, her lips. Shh. Ironic that I said shh when I'm quiet. And then he just walks off. So now we get Bartholomew entering, and of course the crowd 
They're just in awe of his fucking eyebrows, just all <laughs> over the place. They're teased up. Teased up. Uh, permed up for some reason. Yeah, permed eyebrows. Long enough to be permed. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we hear, because again, he walks into the crowd. Instead of cheering and everything, they just kind of go to a merp. He's an executive. He could end careers, you know? And we hear some people whispering. Of course, that's the whole theme of this is overhearing these uh, rich people whispering shit. Someone got Evans. The crocodile. That's Ooh, ominous. Yes, it is. We don't know what that means. No, We're not. We don't even technically know Jonathan E's last name. It could be Evans, but that is a good possibility. So, we want to hear some ominous shit. Moon Pie sidles up to a lady. First of all, he's he's the arms around every lady in the fucking party. Oh yeah, we picked out one. He's like, that's the one for tonight. Well, this that's the one for the next hour. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's like, hey, broad. You like poetry? You like poems? Yeah, I kind of do. Well, how about this poem? I want to bone you. Let's go! <laughs> and they just go upstairs and go to the bone zone. So the big reason for this party outside of just, you know, the to- pre-Tokyo party was to celebrate John E's 30 for 30. Yeah, and normally they do a good job with 30 for 30s. This was like no narration. It was just highlights of get, this game yeah, hitting. People. We get one narration. This game seems to be invented for John E. <laughs> and then it's just nonstop highlights. That's it. And so, John's even fed up with it. He's like, I did. I was there for five hours doing narration, and they cut it all out. The actor is really trying to get into John's whispery head here because we watch the audience silently enjoying Johnny's violent, you know, uh, 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 highlight footage for six minutes. And it's quiet. You just hear roller skates sometimes and maybe a thud or two. And people going, oh, wow, for like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. John can't take it. He's pissed off because he did five hours of narration. And they're not using any of it. Because why? He was whispering into the mic. They couldn't pick any of it up. That's right. So he bails out. Heads to a nice private office. Where Cletus is waiting for him. Because that's where they agreed to meet to find out what's going on. And Cletus is like, look, I, I found out some shit, man. There's something. There's something's happening. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> Great fucking detective work. Something's happening. I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, there's directors, but we don't even know their names. Right. They don't know who's running this country, this all world. We, all we get out of this, they're afraid of you. And we're and me and Griff are thinking, why? He's shown no like backbone at all yet. We're no. waiting for it. None. Yeah. He's a full-on mid-card. He is no top baby face. So as decadent piece of shit rich people will do, they got to pull out a gun and go out and start shooting at shit. And this is, this is the future. They've got flamethrower pistols. That's good. It's good. So they're outside just blowing up trees, probably the last trees, like even Soylent Green didn't have any trees. That's why they ended up with those three trees in Soylent Green, because they fuck, the rich people were shooting them all. While that's going on, so we're going back and forth between all this decadent horse shit, and we see another, uh, John has a meeting with Bartholomew. He takes, my boy, come with me. Because yeah. he's trying to talk him out of like not retiring. He's just... I think it's time you consider our needs for a change. Right. They're upset because, again, John was supposed to announce his retirement in the 30 for 30. Right. And he didn't. But he did, but he whispered, so they couldn't pick it up. Yeah, That's the problem. It's the irony of it. Because John's trying to say, what about me? What about John E. Raven? Uh, Well, 
we could have helped you out, Jonathan, but now you're being a fucking bitch about everything. I just want my wife. Yeah, he's like, I'll do it for some concessions. All right, my boy, what? Just give me my wife back. That's all I want. And outside, they're still blowing up trees. Trees are on fire. It's a very artistic shot of like a pine tree on fire. And John and Bartholomew, they're not coming to any good terms no. here because Bartholomew is like, you cannot go to Tokyo. I'll be there. A whisper kind of probably would be impactful there, but and this is, is the thing. He apparently he's so important they can't even kill him. Usually, you think corporations kill this guy. No, he's that powerful. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we see a little bit of why later because Bartholomew's like, we're going to do this in the most obvious way. We don't want to make a martyr out of him. So we're going to do it in the most like, simplistic, easy-to-digest way for the masses possible. That's why they're going to use the game to try to silence him. That's why the rule changes. Right. It's to get rid of Jonathan. Right. And it's it, he could just retire. I mean, he, he's signing his own death warrant. He really is. Next morning, John's checking his gear, getting ready for that big Tokyo match. Daphne's like, yeah, I can't. I've never been to Tokyo. She's coming out without her blue blockers on, and John just points to his eyes. She pops them back on. He's like, where do you think you're going? Well, I'm going with you. I'm your lounge. No. I'm trying out some of that Japanese furniture. Sorry, Ooh. babe. Rickshaw. Rickshaw. <laughs> And and she's just like, "What? I gotta go." Are you working for them? He, he didn't. He didn't get that anime. He's like, "Are you working for them? Yeah. Why do you? Why do you want to? Why are you always following me around?" It's like I gotta go. And then the guy, the pilot, comes in with a chopper. He's like, "I'm ready to take you there." And he's so paranoid. He's like, "They're probably gonna fucking blow the chopper up." Yeah. Year. Here's my gear. Take my gear. I'm flying on the private jet with my boys. That's All right. right. I don't think you could take a fucking chopper to Japan anyway. But I don't know how you could, but the future. Yes. Solar power that, chopper. That chopper is still in uh, use today. Good for that chopper. That was that a chopper. trivia for this movie. Anyways, we're arriving in Japan. Ja- <laughs> <laughs> we're arriving in Nippon, as they call it. Yeah. yeah. We're arriving in Japan, and of course... Why don't we... I never understood that. Like, why do we call it Japan if they don't even call it Japan? Like, why... Why, why don't we call countries the country the name they want to be called? I th- I agree with that. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, why is it Japan? Did they call it one time Japan? They trying to decide I'm going to change it to Nippon. I don't, I don't know. know. Nippon, don't nip know. off. So yeah, they're uh, they're in Japan, right? Yep. Uh, of course, you know the boys had a long jet ride together, and they're boys. So you know what? It was probably the helicopter ride from hell right here. <laughs> There's a lot of helicoptering going on. You know. Or the... <laughs> <laughs> it was from hell. I'm glad you saved me there. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as they jump off the plane, media scrum just all over them. Hey, man, what? how do you think you're going to beat the line? Y'all three feet tall. I don't fucking give a shit. I'll step over you. Yeah, exactly. Moon Pie is doing this <laughs> thing where he's pointing out how tall he is to the reporter. Y'all this tall. John, wearing his customary hat. Customarily hands it off to somebody in the yeah. crowd. That's his thing, apparently. Johnny, how do you think you're going to win? Well, guys, i got to tell you, I've taken bigger shits than y'all people. And we're just <laughs> going to go ahead and roll all over you today. <laughs> they that? are from Houston. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah. you got to give it a little Southern twang. Is that the future, too? 2018, nobody had accents Well, anymore? we're starting to get that way, yeah. I mean, regional are accents we? are dying, yeah. Nice. 
This, this, this fucking, uh, you, you sense a Texas accent from Paul? No, he sounds like a fucking middle American. He was man. trained by the best. <laughs> no, they're, yeah, they are dying off. He got out of there. They're still, the, the southern, or the accents are still very uh, relevant in uh, the backwoods areas. Yeah, you're uneducated. <laughs> That's for the accents. Much like uh, Boston. Worst accent in the world is a Boston accent. What's, how can you fuck a woman with a Boston accent? How can you maintain an erection? Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck me. Fuck me. No, thank you, ma'am. No, thank you. <laughs> You're pulling some Johnny energy here. <laughs> no, thank you, ma'am. I will leave now. So where is, the where boys is my got hat? on wine. They had a hell of a ride. They need a massage. And we know, I've noticed... There's some tension between Moon Pie and John. So John decides he needs to alleviate the tension the only way he can by whispering. It doesn't have to come to that. Come to that. Ninja. If we were brothers, brothers, why wasn't my victory yours? You're my brother, brother Jane. I'm the bridge. It's not too late. I can still change things. This is legitimately how John relieves stress, is to just contemplate everything in his life and everything via whisper. He lives the whisper life. So whispery, it puts Moonpie to sleep. He literally just falls asleep in the middle of this fucking existential crisis his best friend's having. I mean, Moonpie's used to this, and you're right. Right. It is still, you know. He loves him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is still a sign of just how boring Johnny is. (laughs) The fact that a strange woman... He's the most charismatic bore in the world, yeah. A a strange woman to them, whose job is to massage moon pie, also is just like, I'm going to get cozy here. Like a fucking cat starts making bread, as they say, on his shoulder blades and passes out, too. Right. So John E. is left there by himself. Moon pie is like a big bear rug that she just falls asleep Wasn't there a cartoon character who put people to sleep? I don't know. Or is it just stink? Was it just <laughs> Pepe Le Pew and scaring people away yeah. that I'm thinking of? But that's Johnny. He's a cartoon character that frightens everybody with his... Droopy! Didn't people run away from Droopy no, because he was no, boring? No. He was boring, but nobody ran away oh, from God. him. So, yeah, and then John's like, all right, I guess I'll go to sleep, too. So they all just have a big nap together. You gotta have a nap before a game. You can't fuck before a game because that'll make your legs weak. Right. Right. Well, they didn't learn that because they were fucking all night at that party. That's true, actually. I yeah. guess in the future, those pills probably those keep, pills. improve your legs. They're pure aphrodisiac from what I hear. So, but yeah, he's just basically t- like, why do they want me gone? What And like, <laughs> like he's not listening. <laughs> and then he's just like, I need to find, I got to, because they're near, well, they're, not, they're nowhere near Geneva, but he's like, I got to go to that, that super commuter. Yeah, I got to get there. So now here's the here's the big semifinal game. This decides who goes to the finals, Griff. That's why it's called a semifinal. That's right. And we get the corporate anthem. We're all shedding tears. Proud to be a corporation. We see the Houston. Where at least I know I'm not free. Yeah, exactly. We see the Houston team, uh, or not Houston, but we see the dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm in Houston. Yeah. Uh, have shown up, and they're filling out half the stadium. Then you got the Japanese people there for the other half of the stadium. The part of the trivia was how do we get? We need to get some Asian people in this crowd. So they put out flyers all over Munich saying, "Hey, we need 150 uh, happy Asian people to come join us for this movie shoot," and they got them. Well, they got half. The other half were just white people pulling their eyes slanted. It, yeah, it was it was a, it was 75. People did that. 
we think it's tasteless, but you know. This crowd looks rowdy as fuck though. They got like fucking signs, like this is good extra work here. I really But it was all this. video game things. That's what I didn't get. It had nothing to do with rollerball. It was like check out my YouTube page. Like what? I hate that you took the time to translate <laughs> the kanji to English. Like you're so worried about That's why all my kanji tattoos are perfect. Like they, they're not it doesn't say white guy. It says what I wanted to say, which is Fierce warrior, whatever the fuck you'd get for a kanji. Of course, yes, of course. Yeah. That is why Murray Cheech learned the kanji. Yeah, I don't want some tattoo artist think and then get one over on yeah, me. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, so now we're getting the teams coming out, and I fucking love the Japanese team because they got the giant 80s glasses on, 70s glasses, I suppose. Total racist caricature, but, yeah, they Big glasses would be a racist caricature. Oh, was it? In the 70s, yeah. Oh, shit. They, all they needed were like cameras around them. That was a very nice Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just thought everybody in the 70s Buck had teeth. big glasses. Japanese people did. But yeah, they're com- they look even weaker than the Houston team, which is... Well, they're Oriental Pygmies, like uh, Moonpies. Because like <laughs> uh, they look all sad and, like, oh, man. But I they, they, they use their speed and quickness. They don't. They, it's not all about size. That's what martial arts is about. It's about yeah. using people's strength and size against them. And Hapkudo. Hapkido. Hapkido. Uh, but they got some great synchronized fucking skating. It was impressive. I, I was really fucking feeling that. Like the music pumping I in. was getting a Piston Honda vibe off them because they all had the fucking headbands Headband. too. Yeah. I love it. And they're punching. And the audience, they cut to the audience. And the audience is punching at the the Japanese crowd. is punching back with the team. And then they like dive bomb, dive bomb down the ramp. They, and said, they scream bonsai. Yeah. And they like one fist forward and one hand. It was good synchronization. I was feeling it. Oh. And now the the game begins. So we get the we get the they always do a test shot first. We get one test shot and then oh, we yeah. and then we get the game shot. Oh yeah. So Tokyo of course gets offense first because the home team, I guess. Yeah. Opposite Who of baseball. He, he change it every fucking game. I don't know. Yeah. Um so we get a big scrum right in front of the net right to start it off. Hot well, there's no, action. There's no net, but yeah. Yeah, the I hole. know. Hole. <laughs> It doesn't sound as glamorous as net. Oh, that sounds glamorous. I don't know. It just does because basketball, uh, ba- uh, baseball, uh, hockey ball, uh, net, soccer ball, soccer ball, uh, racquetball. That's nah, not a net either. Anyways, uh, so yeah, we get a big scrum in front, and right away, Kogo, they're, they're, the Jordan of Tokyo. Yeah, he scores a point, and. Houston's already down one nothing. Maybe all that partying really did affect them. Yeah, their legs were looking pretty weak. Those legs. And were when you're well skating, you need your legs. You gotta have your legs. I don't so, know about the bikers. No, yeah. You don't really have to have your legs, but well, uh, no, I guess you got you got hand yeah, controls. Yeah, 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 you don't need your legs at all. Yeah, you can be you. You don't need to have legs. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, second ball's out there. Kogo gets it again. Of course he does. He's the Jonathan E. He's, he's Jonathan K. of Japan. Yeah. But Jonathan E. of Houston formulates a plan. We're going to build the China Wall. Great Wall of China. And everybody lines up and, uh, for Houston, and they form a wall. And it looks like this plan's going to be very effective. But no, the Japanese break right through it. Your, their elusive powers and everything just get right by. Kogo breaks free. And it looks like he's going to get the, uh, um, the ball to the hole. And slam go. it in there, but uh, it sounds like a biker spiked him. I think he just came up and clocked him over the head or something. 
Sure, I don't care. Yeah. Second period, Houston's got the ball. Quickly taken out. That means they lose the ball. So we got to throw out the second ball now. And uh, this is where we get Moon. He does his old-fashioned uh, Moon Pie kick. Kicks the shit out of a biker. And he's just down on his knees, feeling it. Three more guys are coming right at him from Japan. He flips the one guy over, fucking punches the other guy in the dick, trips the other guy. He just took out like four guys on the Japanese team. And it left a wide open gap for John. Yeah. And he goes for the hole. And he slams that hole hard. Ball's deep. Yeah. That ball was deep. One to one. And we also have to point out, because this is becoming more of a theme starting with the second match here, they have these five lights next to each uh, number for the player on the court. And you see the five lights just go to zero when they're removed from the game. And so as we're knocking people out, we're seeing the five lights diminish on players. So I think, like, the biker and everything got knocked out. You know what I'm talking about? You don't see yeah, that no, anymore. I do. Oh, okay. And then they had the red light if you're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, people are getting their ass kicked left and right. And Kogo's got the ball. And he wants to get some revenge on what happened just earlier with Moon Pie. Right. But John's like, uh, 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 I got a plan of my own. And that results in Kogo getting the ball to the face. Jesus Christ. This was brutal. Balls. Yeah, balls on your face. Yeah. Balls on your chin. No, you don't want that. He went full fucking Ron Garvin on him. But, hey, no disqualification. That's right. So the play continues. But no one's out to score. It's just a melee. They're fighting nonstop. Yeah. I mean, John gets slashed on his arm by one of those spiked gloves. He's got to go out. Yeah. And this is where we see he's getting patched up and everything. Coach, Coaches are freaking out about all the action going on. And then John looks up to see what Moon, uh, uh, Moon Pie is doing. And he sees that he's slowly just gliding towards some action or something. He's just kind of going with the flow. And we see these three uh, Tokyo players sitting up on the boards and like, yeah, let's get him. And so they come down hard. And the one guy well, like... Because Mumpai's brain, John, isn't on the field. So now he's, he's yeah. vulnerable. So the one guy taps him on his left shoulder and then dodges to the right. And then the other guy jumps on him. And then they kick out his legs. And it looks like Mumpai Moon might put up a little bit of fight. But no, these guys start... Stomping him, skate stomping him. Well, they they grab him by the hair and just punch him in the back of the head with that spike glove. Yeah, so two of the guys get him up on his knees and they're holding one arm apiece, and then the last guy gets him by the back of the hair and then punches him in the back of the head. It takes him out. He's out cold. We look up to the scoreboard and we see the lights just diminish on him. John sees that, and he's he's worried. This is his best fucking friend. They they haul him off on a stretcher, take him there. He's he's fucked up. His eyes are open, but nobody's home. He's just staring off into space. So he's gonna. He's like, I'm getting some goddamn revenge here. I'm out for blood now. He sets up high, so right up on the rail uh, on the high side of the ramp, and he sees the Tokyo number four player coming by, which is okay. I know one through three are the bikers. Because the numbering is always the same. Jonathan, he was eight, I believe. He was six, and Moon Pie six. was nine. Okay. 69. Of course. I... That's why they're bros. <laughs> uh, so I don't, know what, uh, I don't know what four was. Maybe. Uh, whatever. But so he sees four coming around, and he bashes him the fuck up. So four is going off the court now. 
And then John finds the ball and just fucking steals it because this is a game made for him. They said it. I thought that was going to be the big reveal of this movie is that it was a Truman Show type thing. And Johnny wasn't real or, or, or nobody else was really competing. And they just wanted to make a superstar of Johnny. Anyways. They Johnny, don't want to make him a superstar. Yeah, they want to stop him from being. Uh, yeah. That's the one thing they got right because WWF, Vince McMahon, and Dana White and UFC, are this, they, that's, that's their mentality. They don't want stars. Because if you have stars, then you have negotiating power. And they don't oh. want that. So it's all about the brand. It's all right. about WWE. And, and what's that doing, Griff? It's killing the fucking business. People want stars. Yeah. And people aren't allowed to be stars. It's, and, that, and that's the thing. The same thing's happened with the UFC. Like, even you know, like, you heard of Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor. Nope, nope. They're all nobodies now. Nobody knows anybody because that's the way they like it. They want you to think UFC, not the fighters. You, like having that name is what brought you to it. Like Hulk Hogan is a name that brought you to wrestling. I didn't say it made sense. I'm saying yeah. that's what they want. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't want negotiating. Power. Oh no, I'm not arguing with you. I'm arguing with the so idea that of makes it. like perfect sense about what the corporations doing. They don't want that either. Well, they, they don't want it for negotiating negotiating power. They just don't want him to have any power. Right. These influence. Te- these are like college football fans. They just show up for the team. Right. I can't believe that the big like AEW ho- fans. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like the like the big house house. Speaking of which, Johnny's giving a very Orange Cassidy performance. Oh my God! Stop it! This <laughs> and is... he's loved too, so maybe God they're onto something. It. Stop! This is too good. This is yeah. too accurate, yeah. and I hate it. And he puts on those glasses, and we puts them on the window. Oh my God! Stop it! I'm, what I'm trying to say is. Orange Cassidy, you unoriginal fuck! You've seen Rollerball, and you stole everything from Johnny. I hate you. I hate. <laughs> I hate Orange Cassidy. I do too. Anyways, Johnny gets the ball, and he slams it home for yet another point. At this point, the audience is turning on each other. People are climbing. They're rioting. Yeah. Because people are getting killed on the course. Yeah. It's like everybody's getting taken out. Right. And so you get one guy actually jumping over the fence, and immediately somebody, (laughs) just like the boys I was talking about with wrestling, and they just clobber the fucking guy. Yeah, well, don't get on the fucking field. Exactly. So this guy gets murdered immediately. And then you see the people with the stretchers, like I talked about in the first match, in between intermissions, they would go out there. There's so many corpses on the <laughs> on the fucking court right now. They, they got they got they said, get the scoopers. <laughs> <laughs> Soil and cream scoopers come, throw them in the back of the trash can, and it's like it's like their zamboni. It's yeah, the scoopers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so the the medics are out there trying to scoop up the bodies, and they're getting fucking clobbered by the bikes and shit too. So they're the medics are getting murdered. It's a total bloodbath. It's. Beautiful. Yeah. And they also they're playing the Benny Hill theme, so it made it a little funny too. <laughs> yes, thank you, Murray. So now it's we're ready for uh the third period, the final one. Blue, a character I don't remember. He's a black guy, right? Yeah, he was uh the biker. Riding a bike, he gets hit, he slams into the boards, his bike bursts into flames, he bursts into flames. He's eighty feet away from the bike <laughs> and he bursts into flames when he turns to look at his bike and it's in flames. So Clearly, they have a kindred spirit or something. And then the game ends? It just kind of fades away after that because it wasn't even about the sport. I think that was the whole uh, point of this. But don't worry. The good guys won. Houston wins. Yeah, we know Johnny scored three times. Yeah. And you, uh, Tokyo only scored uh, like twice. So they had a one-point lead at least. 
So next thing we're at, we're in a hospital, and then Johnny walks into the room. We see Moon Pie, and he he goes he rages this one line. Oh my god! Wow, that was that was the most powerful acting John James Conn does in this movie. You felt like he almost kind of cared ta- about Moon Pie. You talked about their bondage, like uh, bondage. Well, no, <laughs> their bond. Well, I don't know what they get up to. Their but, friendship. You know. You know, they, they're so fucking hard friends. You got Tom Brady and Gronk here. Yeah. They went to Tampa Bay and became the Buccaneers together, you know? No. Tampa walks, Bay. T- Tampa Bay. Wa- walks in and just gives gives that beautiful response. Just so, so yeah. impactful. And the doctor's like, oh, man, great game. I love it. Oh, by the way, your friend's, your friend's brain dead. He's fucked. He's a vegetable. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and sign this off. Yeah. Uh. I will not sign off. So the one time we've seen this is fuck you, Johnny. The one time he shows some individuality is to condemn his friend to a lifetime of vegetable status. Yeah, Terry Schiavo, dude. This is yeah. Terry Schiavo. This is Terry Schiavo. Yeah, you're right. Because this guy's like, what? I, 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 I he's brain dead. He's never coming back. He shows him the fucking EEG where it's like Doo, going across. And Johnny even says to him, "Well, does he dream?" Can he see in color anymore? <laughs> there is zero brain activity. Can you sign off on this so we can pull the plug and make some crackers out of it? There may not be rules out there, but there's <laughs> rules over here. You need to sign off. He has no next akin. You're the only person. And then John goes, I be- the only person I believe in is our Christ, our Lord and Savior, and he is pro-life. Keep him alive. I'll take care of him. You can't do that. No, I can, because there are no rules. No rules for it. Now he's feeling some of his power. He's he like, is. He was, he but you wouldn't know by the, the limp dick way he says that. True. So, yeah, poor old Moon Pie, brain dead as he is. He's gurneyed out to the chopper. Put on there. I guess you're going to take him home. He's put into, like, a, was that Spock's uh, coffin? That glass <laughs> Yes, case? he's going yeah. to Genesis. Yeah. yeah be go. reborn. Yep. And Cletus comes up to him because Johnny's like, I got to go to Geneva. I got to find out what's going on. And Cletus like, you're not going to like the answers you find, uh-huh. even if you do find any answers. Okay. And so we're going to be cutting to for a few scenes here now. Bartholomew back in his office, and he's communicating to the other executives. This is where we see he's got them all up on their individual TVs. And these must have been the other six. Yes, it was. Yep. And there was a black man, a white woman. It was beautiful. Yeah, a cornucopia of shitheads. Yeah, and no mansplaining happening. No, here. no manspreading. No manspreading. Well, we don't know. We just saw their up their chest off. It could be manspreading all over the place. That's right. But in, in the future, it's called people spreading. We've gone. We've gone beyond this. It's true. And he's like, and I. He says this speech. I'm like, do I my? There scenes cut from this movie. He's like, John is too powerful. We have to get. We have to get rid of him. We can't kill him. He become a martyr. But he must lose do we all agree upon that and then apparently they can't speak because they just push a button goes affirmative like it spells it out on their tv screens affirmative and then they agree they got to take johnny out on the court so then we're going to go over to john who's arriving in geneva he's planning to visit that supercomputer nicknamed zero yep and he's immediately greeted by a very gleeful scientist. Yeah, Ralph Richardson. I remember him from, I believe, he's either the Crypt Keeper in Tales from the Crypt, the 70s movie, mm-hmm. or Vault of Horror. I don't remember. I think it's Tales from the Crypt. But he's like another like Shakespearean actor. That they, 
So he's going on about the 13th precinct or something. I was really confused by this scene. This whole fucking scene. It didn't help that they're whispering, so I can't tell what's going on. And I did did love the 70s fucking punch guard shit. Like, this is supposed to be. I was really happy about that. I was really happy. It to was see that. like Star Trek level computer. Yeah. A lot of like lights and shit flashing. Uh, so every John's got a couple questions. You know, he wants to find out about. He wants to know if the executives even come here anymore because this is supposed to be the only place with books. Because these are the people who supposedly transcribe every book into the computer system that uh, flows across the world. Right. So zero is like an AI. Yeah. And we learn that. Zero basically decides what is worth learning and what isn't worth learning to the point where he erases the entire 13th century. Yeah. It's like nothing nothing to see here. Even And then the, the scientist guy's like, there was some cool shit going on in the 13th century. I know. I, you know. Right, right. So but what, who am I? I'm just a fucking guy who pushes buttons. So the scientist is supposed to be like kind of a buffer to the audience and explaining like the computer is super intelligent to the point where... That it's not intelligent. Yeah. This is the whole thing. The trivia piece on the computer here was incredible because it, it, it likened it to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the supercomputer that they built, and the ultimate answer was 42. Right. Because when you ask a computer a question and it's got all this knowledge, the whole idea was the genius of everything. They uh, stretched the, co- the question into such ambiguous fields that it no longer becomes a question because, you ask. Well, yeah, because – the questions you ask, like existential questions, are there's nuance to them. Yes. And a computer doesn't know nuance. It just gives you the answer. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it it's kind of a dumb computer in a way. It, it could be a dumb computer, but then again, it became too smart to the point where it couldn't give a clear answer. Right. I mean, a computer program is dumb. It relates information input to information output and that's it but this computer is pretty much a sentient being itself so of course it's gonna have a mind of its own it's super fucking intelligent it's like that watson computer that thing's gonna fucking rule us all one day it beat ken jennings it did beat ken jennings but i feel like the next time it gets back on there it's gonna beat everybody it's only gonna get smarter except for that chick with a badass scorpion tattoo She'll oh be yeah matteo i think her name was matteo Matt <laughs> So he's like, well, I want to ask him a question. So he takes him in like the mainframe room or whatever, which is just some bubbling water. It's like the supreme intelligence from Marvel Comics. It's and, uh, water cooling. It's a okay. supercomputer. It needs water cooling. Oh, I love how cryptocurrency needs a waterfall to fucking apparently cool it. This supercomputer just needs a fucking fish tank. It's the future, 2018. And it's bubbling and brewing, and he's just like, I want to ask the computer who are making the decisions who are the executives who are making the decisions negative and then the, the computer starts fucking flipping out and shit it starts rattling off all this fucking bullshit jargon right it starts yelling about corporations are genius geniuses are legal legality is money legalize weed I mean, like... 420 bro 69 <laughs> that's why it was a bong dude <laughs> that's why it was so fucked up it found weed and it became stupid but it thinks it's smart because it's high is matt pike all that dumb after all no i bet if we go listen to sleep uh you know <laughs> again we'll be like wow this actually is the answer to the universe i'll just go 42 i'll just go 42 <laughs> and he's like 
Dear boy, you have to leave. You've upset the computer. Yeah, the, the harsh sci- bud. The scientist, by the way, he is calling, uh, like, cutting an attitude on the computer. He's telling, like, give him a straight fucking answer. Give him. He's kicking the computer, even. Right. And so, he's he's no Fonzie, so it didn't work. So again, as well, the first time I was watching that, I'm like, what is this sci-fi world coming to? What am I supposed to get out of this? We get nothing. Yeah. And the second time I watched it, I appreciated it more because we're watching this pitiful man with his pitiful little voice who's losing the only thing that gave him meaning in life, who's just being handed a woman, handed a life, and handed hats that he hands out to people. Yes. That's all he, he is. He actually, in this scene, leaves a hat in that room. He does. He's gonna, but he, this time, he's going to carry it with him. And he's like the guy, I guess he heard of Jonathan E and how coveted the hats are. He takes the hat from him and puts it aside. Yeah. yeah. Very strange. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I was like, I guess it's kind of an interesting thought that John E. finds zero meaning. When he finds, like, the ultimate being that could give him an answer, he still gets nothing. It's kind which, of interesting. Which is life. We don't yeah. know. We're never going to know the meaning of life. Yeah. Because there is no meaning. Yeah. Negative. 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 John returns home. And there's somebody waiting for him because they want to appease him. They want, you know, the lullament of false sense of security. So who's yeah. waiting? Ella. The dream. Ella. Played by Maude Adams, who has who is the only, I believe, only woman to play a Bond good girl and a Bond bad girl. Interesting. She was octopusy, Griff. Yeah. Can you imagine how much fog a woman with eight pussies could fucking produce? Oh, my God. You're, there's no way. Nobody. And that Can't explains we, why John is so enamored with her. She's got eight pussies. Can we go ask the Octomom? Nah. No. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's there because she's there to try to talk him into fucking retiring. Right, and John is such a limp dick again. He can't just come right up with the answers. He's got to give her the formalities. What does your new guy do? Is he bigger than me? Is he better than me? He better not be better than me. He better not be is better. He? Does he do the thing I do? You know, with the tongue, you know? Yeah. Beach. I call it the beach move. The swirl. And she's like, you know, he's he's almost just like you. We, had, we You know, he's like, hmm, we have the same taste in furniture. That's pretty weird. Yeah, because she mentions that... Yeah, he's got a couple things. He whispers. But he's got like the exact same furniture set you have, and I thought that was really weird. It was like it, yeah, it was but, IKEA, but yeah, yeah, yeah. because we, were, we we did the sort. That's of where the Stockholm is, where the the furniture corporation. Yeah, of course it yeah. is. Yeah, IKEA. cheap furniture corporation. Yeah, with fucking shitty ass Allen wrenches, that you put everything together with. <laughs> So now we get a trying to convince John to retire montage. They're just going off riding horses, and she's like, come on, retire. They're lying in bed together. Come on, retire. It looks like a Viagra commercial. They're in bathtubs holding hands. Two bathtubs on the second floor. Rich people can have two bathtubs. That's true. And he's just like... I just want to love. I just want to... He's getting, he's getting down to the real deep emotional shit. Right. And she's like, oh, okay... Whatever. Yeah, can we just get in bed real quick and, you know, I'll just fucking rub you off or, you know. That I did, I, it was a nice touch that James kind of not only permed his hair on his head, but he permed his chest hair. It was, it was. nice. Because we do, after, after what was it, the bathtub probably? I noticed. And this was because I, I realized I'm fixated on nipples, Griff. Yeah. They look like he shaved around his nipples. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Because those, those nipple weird. hairs get wild. I know, because yeah. I let mine go, go rogue. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I got, like, fucking... Tom Selleck chest hair, so I, I just let it go. Yeah, I'm you like, just got to let that go. Yeah. But, yeah, the nipple hair I never thought about that. Maybe I'll start trimming around my nips. Yeah. I don't know. They go rogue. I mean, I have some that are probably like three inches long. <laughs> so, 
So the next morning, she's still trying because she's probably going to be kicked out on the street if she doesn't convince John to fucking retire. And I think they're out in the woods. And okay, this is where I'm fine. I'm like, I, I'm waiting for him to give an impassioned speech because this Anything. is where he's he's supposed to emote because he's just like because she's like, don't you just want to be comfortable? Like you know, and he's like, but that's not freedom. He's like, comfort is freedom. No, it's not. Excuse me. No, it's not. Yeah. Like this is where I'm waiting. Some emotion. No, he just gives a limp dick thing about individuality and how important it is and how we need to strive for everything and not get handed everything in life. I feel like with every single dystopian movie we need to do going forward. Charlton Heston would not have done it. He wouldn't scream in his lungs. I love it because that was my question is we have to ask ourselves, would Charlton Heston made this movie better? One, he wouldn't have shaved his nipples. (laughs) He would have let – and he would have been shirtless through a lot of it. And two, yes, he would totally be emoting the fuck out of this. He would be screaming his lines. We'd have to turn the volume down. Yes, I think Charlton Heston would have made this movie a lot better. Uh, I, I, it's really pitiful that they made a quote-unquote remake of this movie and got rid of any kind of commentary it made here and didn't we replace it. Do we get that anymore? Good. Do we get commentary in movies? It's maybe like indie movies we still No, it's go. all done in indie movies. Uh, like nothing makes it to the theater because as you brought up earlier, it's all about us being alone in our houses and watching things on Netflix and shit like that. Yeah, this binging yes there is no more commutative like let's watch this shit together there's no more well, not, in, not in person there is i mean people like people would prefer to talk to someone over the phone text not talk text someone over the phone about shit they're watching like that happens people will be watching shit oh together not no not together they'll be so i'll be like i'll be at my house you'll be at your house and we'll be texting while watching shit. well we do that with ATW, yeah, we do that's, that but that's yeah. it but yeah, we also live far away. Yeah, like, and we also it, still see each other and talk like human beings. Yeah, every week. Yeah. So yeah, so so yeah, she's just trying, to, and he's just like, no, freedom is about fight. Str- the struggle is about fighting for what you want. It's about staring up at the moon and not losing yourself. So no, it's about pointing at the, the stars <laughs> and not looking at your finger. That's yeah. what comfort is: looking at your finger. Looking at the stars, you're, you're, that's the heavenly wonder, the heavenly splendor. And what was so beautiful here is that as he's talking, freedom, 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 you hear an eagle soar by. Well, they they post put that in because we know eagles yeah. sound like sound like turkeys. That's an eagle. So, all right, she's like, I'm done, whatever. So now we're getting ready for the final match against New York. Those crazy New Yorkers. It's the Warriors. Yeah. We know Swan don't fuck around. Swan, Ajax, Cochise. Yeah. I forget the other guy's name. I do, too. And guess what? They changed the rules again, Griff. What are these new rules, Murray? This is what I, I made. This made no sense to me. No substitutions. Okay. No time limit. Well, how do you end up? Is there, I mean, is, is there like a certain point you have to get to? Like set, first to seven wins? This is... The uh, game that I used to love for Sega Genesis, I think it came out on Super Nintendo as well, called Mutant League Hockey. And the one way I liked to win that game was by knocking out the other team completely. So, Murray, there's the answer to your question. All right. This is the death sentence. Or is it lazy booking? 
It's lazy booking, people. And apparently John John gets one last word with Ella before he fucks off. Are you my big reward if I win? Yeah, he sees through it. She's just hopeless. You know, he, the or woman, if I quit, excuse the me. The fog just dissipates. And it's, it's, it's fitting because they're out in like a foggy forest and you see the fog just, and he's just like, I see clearly now. Oh, yeah, no. you. It's incredible how they set this up. It was supposed to be, you're my big reward if I quit. Jonathan fucks off to his hallway. That's apparently his favorite TV room to watch in. I don't get it. Well, there was the mirror, and he does like his perm. So he's staring at his perm. He's got an afro pick. He's Uh, And he's got that tape of Ella, one of the 4,000 tapes of Ella he has. And Ella walks into the room and just looking at him, sees that he's watching the tapes again because he probably watched it when she was still living with him. That's why she was like, yeah, I'm willing to (laughs) go. This fucking creep. I live with him, and he's watching tapes of me while I'm in the room. Uh, And uh, so he fucking deletes the tape. And just like that affirmative, it says, delete. Did it? I thought it said erase. Yeah, it did say erase. Okay, Murray. Thank you. You're doing a Matt Hardy promo. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and he just looks over at oh, I just, I just, I just wanted you on my side. So the big game arrives before the game. He's got to visit his old moon pie buddy. Poor moon pie, just in a he's in a fucking broom closet. They just put him away. It's like fucking it's Johnny, a, get your gun. Metallica one. It's just that fucking guy. It's got a fucking uh, ceiling uh, window though. That's good shit. Okay. That's so future. you can see the sun. Yeah. Or the sun can just burn his fucking eyes out. I was going to say, so he can get a sunburn. He's got to have a sweet tan. Even if, even if you're a vegetable, you should have a so sweet tan. So poor Moon Pie is just consigned to being in a broom club. Hold my breath as I wish for death is what he's thinking. Oh, please, God, wake me. And John's like, you know... I'll probably die before you. Like, just rub it in. Isn't that awful? He's like, yeah, uh, I'll be dead soon. You know, enjoying the afterlife. Well, you'll be here just. But boiling. here's one thing they did. I thought it was kind of gross. I think I think this is what they were trying to do. As he walks out, the machine does a little blip. Like he is coming back or some shit like that. That's I think that's what they were trying to say. I saw. Okay. And give John an out. You know. Okay. Because what he does is fucking cruel. Is what he's doing. It is. I mean, we talked about it last week. It's very cruel. Right. All right. Here's the big game with New York. Yep. We got John suiting up quietly. He's not with his boys. He's always with his boys. He loves telling, hey, man, your ass looking great today. You're dangling so well. He's, he loves doing that. He loves getting his – I mean, he's That's saying why it. he's Johnny. I mean, of course, I'm saying it with a little too much excitement. Enthusiasm. Yeah, now. enthusiasm. Hey, your butt's looking – that makes it really creepy. <laughs> when you whisper, hey, your butt's looking. That's yeah. not football, baseball, where mm. you're touching butts anyways. You know? Your ganglion's looking great. Oh, my God. <laughs> that takes on a new meaning when you whisper it. Yeah. So he just silently goes off to the court. We hear, John is dead. Because, you know, they're New Yorkers. They're scum. You know, they're the worst crowd after Philadelphia. That's right. And John is dead. John, uh, we're getting both. We're getting Jonathan and John is dead. Yeah. Because, of course, uh, the one thing they do is they always book 50-50. Yeah, 50-50 booking. Always 50 kind 50. of booking. That's right. So, so we, they, they, they go, they do a Thunderdome. They go, y'all know the rules. 
There are no rules. Let the game begin! And we see the fucking ejector for the ball. Smoke cloud. Uh, it even shoots out smoke. It's, that yeah. it's, it's a finals. It's yeah. got to go with pizzazz, razzmatazz. Yep. So New York gets the ball first, and they charge right in. Uh, you know, you got the Houston guys lined up, forming a wall around the net. They, New York can't score. Next ball's out, but... John's already busy, like, murdering people. He realizes what this game means. He's not going right. to fuck around with scoring points here. He realizes this game is a fucking death sentence. And it's going back and forth. It's 50-50 booking, guys. So as they're taking people out, Houston players are getting taken out. Yeah. And we got the crowd taking each other out. So everybody is just in a fucking frenzy. Um John takes another guy out from the New York team. So New York's down like maybe two or three by my count. And John is slow to get up. He got his elbow fucked up or something. Right. And yeah. we see like from his POV, we see a motorcycle coming ready to run over his head. But just in time, he pops up. Does he like take the bike out? His own bike helps him out. Okay. One of his own bikers comes around, forms a wall around him, uh, helps him up. And in fact, New York, after they thought they were going to get a kill on John E there, Ends up losing one of their own guys. But but they make it up by taking out one of the Houston boys on the rail. They smash him on the rail. Yep. Even medics are getting taken out. It's yeah. how brutal this is. Again, just like the second match, the medics are coming And we see the uh, scoreboard with the red light. These people are dying. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the big fucking flashing red light. Like, this guy's not coming back. And with the, uh, the coach, New York coach, goes the Houston coach. This is a game. What the fuck? This was never meant to be a game. That's the Houston coach yelling yeah. back at him, taking him by the fucking collar, just telling him this is not a game. Anyways. So eventually it gets down to two New Yorkers and John. That's it. A bike. There's literally fire because uh, a, a motorcycle blew up. There's yep. fire on the course. It's looking fucked up. So Johnny sees that it's just him and two other guys on the opposing team. He's, there's a I don't think there's been a score in, at all in this game, has there? No, there has not been a score. Okay. After, after like, the first attempt, they stopped attempting, and they just started fucking hammering each other. And everybody was loving it until now. So here's the other thing that you really notice on the second watch through is that the crowd, when they're actually playing the game, fervor. Everybody's yelling. Everybody's into it. But then it just becomes a violent spectacle, and they stop, and it just gets quieter and quieter. At this moment, there's not a noise. You hear fire crackling. That's the noise you hear. And skates on the rink. So the two guys start sizing each other up, and there's the guy on the bike for New York, and there's the other skater. So the skater actually has to jump through fire to try to get to Johnny, who has positioned himself right in front of Bartholomew. Right. Bartholomew is right in the front so row. So we're waiting for him to just fucking break down the thing and kill Bartholomew. Something like that. No, because the New York guy gets up to him. And he just, in the most subdued, nonchalant way, breaks this guy's neck on the boards in front of Bartholomew. Yeah. And then it gets to the point where it's just him and the biker. Yeah. John grabs the ball because it's just like floating around. Right. And he, uh, Biker's the, like, fuck, I got to win this shit. I guess I got to win. So the biker's like coming at him. Jonathan clotheslines him off the bike. 
He's uh, standing above him with the ball in his hand, ready to smash his face in with the ball. We did get a demonstration uh, when he was training the new recruits for Houston. Like, he dropped the ball. This fucking thing is heavy as shit. It'll take your arm off, supposedly. So we know it's heavy as shit, and you're thinking that Johnny's going to just smash this guy. But no, he find, his humanity returns, and he gets up, slowly goes up to the hole, and throws it in. Slam dunk. I guess nobody. We don't know what happens because then he just does a slow, and everyone's like Jonathan, Jonathan. He does a slow uh, spin around the yep. the track, and then this ends. Yeah. So we don't know what happens because, I mean, I guess the belief is that's somehow going to inspire people to rise up, but I don't see how it could. I I think with this movie, how everything was so bleak, he went for answers, got nothing. He had one comfort in life taken away i think everybody forgot about this the next season i think that's a good good ending grip that that fits with the bleak seven it fits with the bleak month we've had yeah. this whole month has been just downer month it's been very fun for me because yeah. this is like this era like i went and i bought myself the next because our good friend Scratch bought me the third Philip K. Dick short story series, and I was like, "Why haven't I bought the other ones?" So I bought one of those. Did you know they're doing a biopic on Philip K. Dick? Uh, I don't know what to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you no. know that's not going to be a major. It's going to be an indie movie, so it could be good. Yeah, it could be good. But thank you. Uh, and then I bought Make Room, Make Room. I really want to read that book, and I'll have a report about it okay. when I finish it. Uh, and I bought some other uh, dystopian seventy shit. So it wasn't all it. for not people. Just because people didn't listen doesn't mean it was for hey, not. We we say it all the time. This is a show for us, right? And, and you I, had I the fucking, luxury of enjoying I, our banter. I had a great time enjoying this fucking month of dystopian movies. Planet of the Apes, so fucking good. Omega Man was great. The Last Man on Earth, which we didn't recover, but I watched it on my own, was fucking great. And Soylent Green is a new favorite movie, and Rollerball. And then don't so, forget, it wasn't dystopian, but fucking Violent City had a pretty downer fucking ending, too. Everybody died. That's right, yeah. So, yeah. I hope nobody was suicidal before they listened to our yeah. month. Murray, how are you going to file this one up? Well, now I mean, I'm going to make us fucking uh, depressed, Griff, because I, fl- I floated the idea out there because I know, like, you guys, you, you indulged us in our like love of 70s movies, so we're going to reward the people who don't like, even though we, we Aubrey, she loved it, she loved the 70s. All our hardcores love the 70s, but some of the stragglers, some of the danglies. Yeah. They want their, some of the Johnnies. They want their more modern movies. Like it, This happened before I was born. It's not worth watching. You're wrong. You're very wrong. But I'm going to reward you guys for putting up with us, indulging ourselves by doing a movie... This uh, this movie, it's of a franchise. It's a reboot. It came out in 2018. That's not a good start. It was written and directed by a person who actually was in the f- movie. It's rebooting, which is kind of interesting. That is. Shane Black. I'm talking about a movie I didn't even remember existing <laughs> until somebody, I think, on Twitter brought it up. Yeah, we're going to do... The Predator, Shane Black's The Predator from 2018. Ugh. I saw Olivia Munn's in it, which I, I don't like her. 
So that even makes it worse for me. Yeah. It's two hours. Oh. So our uh, your heaven will be our hell next week. But This is know. what we get for enjoying ourselves for a whole month. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least we're getting sci-fi. We're not in dystopia anymore. What's well, dystopian for us, but it's still sci-fi. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we can really discover something about ourselves in this movie. I'm sure, yeah. I'm I sure think we're, we're going to have a breakthrough. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of like hidden meanings in yeah. The Predator. Not a lot of corporation uh, you know, uh, product placement or anything like that. No, none and of that shit. Not from Houston it's, Energy it's, or this, Chicago Many food. people say this is a Thinking Man's Predator movie. So. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's the perfect way to leave the audience. This is the Thinking Man's The Predator. Yep. Yep. <laughs> See you next week. Keep it warm. <laughs>